Hello and welcome to the Big Bad Bike Show. This week in Austin, under the majestic stars and stripes, a coronation took place. In the midst of the red, white and blue, the motorcycle world watched to see who would be crowned king and who would be going home the jester. I'm your host, Sam McCauley, and joining me as always is the up north biker, Ash Hall. Hey up. And bringing us the news like Paul Revere riding from Boston to Lexington, it's Chris Chippy Ballard. Hello. A little bit of history there with Paul Revere. I hope I got it right. Anyway, if you're listening to us, thanks very much. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and the notification bell, and that way you'll never miss an episode. Uh, yeah. That's our that's our intros done. Hmm. People must be getting used to the intros, but now I say people must be getting used to it. Nobody listens to us, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, coming up in the show, we're we're going to be doing uh, a little bit of feedback from last week with uh, and the all new Who Am I. Uh, we'll be catching up in the MotoGP at Austin and Kota. We'll be looking forward to the World Superbikes at Assen and Ash. This is the first time we've done this in the show. Ash will be reviewing the Honda CRF 300L. Is that correct, Ash? That is correct, and I can already see the look on Chippy's face. He's he's really excited about when I'm going to sleep. sleep. <laughs> You're such a prick, it's unreal. Chippy's one of these guys that likes bikes. He likes watching bikes go around in circles, but he's no interest in bikes as a machine, do you? He's nothing. Not really. No. But that's, that's fair enough. I'm going to switch off. I like watching football, but if somebody said to me, do you want to play football? I'd be like, no. <laughs> I just want to get drunk and start a fight. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We've got quite a lot to get through this week, so... We just crack on, yeah? Yeah, let's just do it. So yeah. last week's Who Am I? Do you want me to repeat the clues? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, Chippy. Have either of you have either of you Googled it? No, I haven't actually. No, I don't, I don't need, need to, to. I already, I already know, know it. Right. <laughs> I raced in the motorcycle Grand Prix between nineteen fifty eight and nineteen sixty seven and I won a total of nine championships on a one two five, two fifty and five hundred CC. My first entry in a Formula One Grand Prix was nineteen sixty three and my last entry was 1974. I'm one of top six riders with the most TT wins of all time. Who am I? Chappie? John Surtees. Wrong. It's, it's not. It's not John Surtees. <laughs> Ash, have you any clue? No. Did Big Dazza get it, though? Big Dazza got I knew Big Dazza would know this, because <laughs> me and Big Dazza talked about this guy f- before. So he, re- he replied, saying it's... Mike the Bike Hillwood. That's what he's called, Mike Hillwood. Uh, the big clue there was, I'm in the top six, rider, top six riders with the most TT wins of all time. John Surtees has only won six TTs in his entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Hillwood won 14. He was he had the most TT wins until I think it was 1993, whenever Joyden Lop eventually won his 15th TT race. And it was around the same time. Don't I don't know if it's exactly the same time, but it was around the same time that Honda Japan rewarded him with a you know RC forty five ride. Around that, that's maybe not exactly true. So, but something around that. Them dates. Yeah. So Mike Hailwood, Big Daza got it. Big Daza, thanks very much for your continued support. We appreciate it. It's good to know that there's somebody out there listening. Uh, it's not that we don't like you, mate. We do. 
we, we love your attention. We just would like a few more of you. So <laughs> if you can, you can <laughs> fight that good fight and get the message out there. The big bad bike show. They're not so big, but they're very bad. Anyway, if you would like to contact us and you would like to uh, answer the next Who Am I, which is coming up shortly, uh, you can get in contact at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. All right, Ash, yeah, it's your turn this week. It is my turn for the Who Am I, so uh, here come the clues. Uh, I was born in Rimini, Italy. Uh, I rode in Moto3 on a Mahindra motorcycle. And I have rode for Red Bull KTM. So there are the clues. That's very vague, that. Yeah, game again. Do them again? So born in Rimini, Italy. Rode in Moto3 on the Mahindra. And I have rode for Red Bull KTM. Any ideas? That could be a dozen people. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a dozen people. Uh, That's quite a good one, then. Road for Mahindra. Well, the Mahindra, it was a Mahindra um, manufacturer. Yeah, Mahindra Motor 3. And you rode for Red Bull KTM. Red Bull KTM, yeah. Road, that's past tense. Road for Red Bull Mm. KTM. I have to have a think about it. Ah, KTM in, in Red Bull KTM. Well, it just says, it just, it just, just says Red Bull KTM. KTM. Who are now in faces. I thought you were going to get this like straight away. I'm not quite happy about that. Well, I could sit down and try and think about it. Usually, for the listeners, usually we send these on WhatsApp and we've got time to think about them. But Yeah, but uh, I kind of just did it but because, really quick. Because we're recording, we don't really have time to do that. If I sat down and think about it, I'll go through all the riders that I think are first Italian and then, uh, and then we'll try and figure it out. Big Daza, if you know it, get in contact because Chippy is looking absolutely stunned. Yes. He's stunned that Ash, Ash can actually come up with something as smart as that. Yeah. Check me out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'll reiterate again. If you would like to get in contact with us and answer the who am I, because uh, Chippy and I don't know it, you can send us an email at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. Uh, and if you want to leave a name, you can, or just leave a pseudonym, fake name. And uh, there's also a Twitter account, which is uh, the Big Bad BS. You can answer it there if you would like. Anyway, what are we moving on to next? Um, what have you been up to? Not very much, to be honest, mate. I uh, well, The weeks are just kind of blurring together. I was going to say I wrote to Silverstone, but that was last week. Yeah. So you can see how exciting my past week's been. Apart <laughs> from looking forward to and watching MotoGP, I've not really done anything. That's it. My whole week's just been MotoGP. Yeah. ready, waiting for it and watching it. And suffering work, basically, you know that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I know that. I actually got so, into work today and I, I looked at my mate and I was like, is it Friday yet? <laughs> That's why everybody feels on a Monday. I, uh, I was, uh, two things from last week, I was editing the show. The first thing is, you'll notice I haven't sweared. And that's because last week... I was cringing at how much I was swearing, like genuinely cringing. I was like, this is really bad. So I'm going to hit the nail on the head. The odd one might come out, but 
I think I think I let myself go a little bit. I've let myself go in a lot of ways. I need to start reining it all in and tighten it all up. Oh, I fixed the hole in the door. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's nearly fixed. Until until you uh, put another <laughs> one in there. My wife laughing. It's nearly fixed. So what happened was I just bought a little tiny paste of you know that plastic wood. Laminate. You know, sort of plastic wood. Yeah, plastic wood stuff. You kind of. You kind of stick it on and then smooth it. It's like a little sort of putty. That you so put it's basically bodging putty. Of course it's bodging. I'm not going to go into great effort here. But anyway, I only bought a little tube, but the tube wasn't enough to go over the, the whole thing because I didn't want to buy a big tub because I'll ultimately not use it all. Anyway, there's still half a hole there. Half a hole. <laughs> but if it takes you an hour to dig a hole, how long does it take you to dig half a hole? You know. Uh, right, so back to, I was swearing too much, that's the first thing. The second one is, now this, this is also kind of cringy. Last week, I was talking about something I'd heard a journalist say, and I referred to them as another journalist. <laughs> as if if you're a journalist (laughs) (laughs) I said I was listening to it back and I was like oh my god I'm not a journalist (laughs) I'm trying to play podcast here but I was like I I can't be doing that if people think that I actually think something of myself yeah so I I felt a a bit like a loser doing that I didn't edit it, I put it in (laughs) anyway because whatever but yeah so that's the two things I noticed from last week but what I've been up to Fixing a hole in my door, walk with my dog. Generally, just falling down the black hole of despair. Yeah, <laughs> and loving bikes. That's it. Chippy, what about you? Nice what you been up to? Uh, all my family fun. went home after they came up. To, uh, oh yeah, of course us. I did. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. No, I think it was I'm gutted I didn't get yeah. to see him actually. I have to see him yeah. next time. Yeah, they'll be up again soon. Uh, other than that, my chaffinch has disappeared. I haven't seen it since they left. And uh, my wildflowers have come up, which is good. They're starting to uh, starting to grow. Well, they're very good. So, yeah, but that's been about it. Apart from that, I've been at work. I haven't even caught up on last week's show yet. I haven't listened to it. I've only just finished the week before. I was uh, watching the MotoGP, and they were talking about how at this time of the year in Austin, all the spring flowers come out. And they even said, come for the bikes, stay for the botany. And I thought, maybe chip out with these... Uh, with these little botany sections going <laughs> down the right direction, maybe maybe some bikers, hairy bikers, do like a little bit of botany on the side. I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> I like a little bit of botany myself, there, Fred. Well, I've I've been taking a leaf out of the Chippy's book uh, this uh, last week. I did some gardening. I'm shocked. I I did the front and mowed the front and back lawn. I edged it all. Got rid of a couple of bushes I didn't need, you know. I've been got rid of all that dog poo that's been sat there for about eight months. I've been sat there for eight months. How many months has it been? Oh, I don't know. Well, you 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 know why? So, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you ever think about this? Is more for you, Chip? Oh, sorry, Ash. Go ahead. No, no, go on. Just thinking about dog poo. Could I cut my grass and then I was throwing all my grass into a like a big, like a, a brown bin? And I left it for, it was been there for about a year and a half. And it was just slowly, slowly disintegrating into all their stuff. There were spiders living in it and flies living in it. And the council came and took it. No, eventually I filled it up. So the council came and took it when they emptied the bins. But it got me thinking about compost heap. Like if you started throwing dog poo in there, throw a couple of worms in there, you know, and you could build it into a compost. That That's like something I think you would do. 
That's that's up your street. Like, yeah, but it'd be absolutely thing. stinking. I wouldn't do it with dog poo. No. No, I've, I'm not saying <laughs> it's dog poo. But, <laughs> but no, I'm that was more of a little compost heap. Because the, uh, the bees like it. It's warm. So you get a little bee's nest in there. Right, yeah. Right, we are <laughs> we are devilishly close of delving into a botany podcast here, which yes. is maybe something we could do in the future. But right now it's motorbikes, so let's... Get ourselves back on track. We went wide at the apex. We went too wide. We need to get ourselves back, get back on the throttle, and get back in the racing line. See the way I did that segue to back in? Do you want to give yeah, us the news? I am good at this. I should be a host of a podcast. Oh, wait. Yeah, go ahead, chip out. <laughs> right. It's a little jingle playing. Right. The news. Uh, the really, I say this every week now. Every week. Meaning, Chepa hasn't done any homework. No, well, actually, I've, I've, yeah, I've done it in the last hour, but there really isn't <laughs> much going on. Um, but the, the first bit is it's looking less likely that uh, Toprak will be moving to MotoGP with Yamaha. He had his test last week, uh, but apparently Lynn Jarvis has hinted that uh, his next rider is going to be somebody from the MotoGP, pad- MotoGP paddock that's already there. Uh, but there was rumours a few weeks ago they were looking at Alonso Lopez from Moto2, which well, is the same. He, he rides for the same team, team they got Quattararo from. Right. I uh, I don't know I don't know if I was clutching at straws, but I listened to I've listened to the I've listened to Len Jarvis have that interview on a couple of different scenarios. The first one was on the MotoGP app, and whenever I heard it the first time, instinctively, I've listened to it again and I'm not sure. But instinctively, the first time I thought. Len Jarvis almost gave Toprak a go in the yacht because I'd imagine Toprak's making a lot of noise, and Kieran Safwogalu's maybe making Kieran Safwogalu's maybe making a lot of noise, and uh, I think Len Jarvis, in a way, was saying that I'm not saying this is true, by the way. I think he's saying that <laughs> he gave Toprak a go in the Yamaha just so he would see he's not good enough to ride the Yamaha. You know Possibly. what I mean? Because yeah. you see how you see how far. Not to say he's not good enough and he couldn't be good enough. But right now, Yamaha are in a position where they need somebody like it's going to hit the ground running. If Top Rat had to come in, and like they were saying, how far away he was from uh, Cara Crutchlow, and no offence to Cara Crutchlow, but being a test rider at the minute, I don't expect Cara Crutchlow to sit in the grid in a wild card and win races. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like he's a, he's a good rider. Like he hit a game his dues. He's first British rider in thirty five years to win a MotoGP race, but he's not going to sit in the grid if he was wild card next week he's not going to come in and win a race and that's what no. Yamaha ultimately wants somebody that's going to so if you're if you're even behind Carl Crutchlow you're probably in about you know 10th to 15th place so mm. thing is though these lads that are could possibly come in from world superbikes I know they're obviously a elite a bike but the the power difference between uh, a, obviously a, a production bike and a MotoGP bike is going to be massive yeah, it's you know a lot of them are going to go over and be like, oh yeah, well, they'll just be like riding a world of a superbike and then think, shit, <laughs> this thing's got some go about it, and sometimes mm. they can't handle it. So maybe maybe that's what's happened. Yeah, I listened to and I don't know his name. I could look it up quickly, but you'll know who I'm talking about. He's like the 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 principal of uh, Aprilia. I listened to an interview with him, and he was saying that because the bikes are so powerful 
He says everybody, whenever they've got a space in the bike for some reason, everybody's ringing up. They all want to go. They all want to prove themselves. But he says they've got to think of the rider's safety because some riders jump in that bike or any of these bikes mm. and they think they've got what it takes. But he says they think of their safety because they're just so powerful. They'll just send you scattering up the road. Imagine, imagine yeah. being one of them. Jesus. Be on it for like two seconds. Wouldn't even finish a warm-up lap. <laughs> you dickhead <laughs> um, cool right. next bit of news uh, well it's not really news I wouldn't even put a bong in for this uh, but it's but the, the only, only other thing, thing that I can think to mention is this MotoGP Formula 1 weekend keeps getting mentioned uh, and the more I think about it the worse I think it sounds because we've already highlighted there wouldn't be enough time for MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3 practice qualifying and uh, race sessions before you even get to Formula 1, Formula 2 in the Porsche Cup or whatever they have. Um, but then I was thinking the other day something else about it, which there's not already there's already not enough room in the paddock for some of the sort of lower teams in Moto3 and Moto2. They're sort of pushed out the way and... Well, what would, back what lorry, would happen is... What would happen is... Formula One would take priority over the paddock, hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. They would yeah. get all the they would get all the the paddocks, and then MotoGP and Moto Three, Moto Two, and everyone. They'll be the ones that are <laughs> trying to do it out of a trailer. And yes. if they're going to do this over a weekend, they're not going to be able to. They're going to have to start on like Wednesday and go through mm. to Sunday. They're just not going to have yeah. enough time. It's a stupid I, uh, idea. I'm on a different perspective from you two now because whenever I first heard this, my my initial reaction was this is stupid why are you doing this but it was later on that day or the next day I wanted to tweet about it and they had a picture of the Ferrari and they had Jack I think it was like Enea Bastianini I was going to say Jack Miller they had Enea Bastianini who's on he's on a Ducati red you got the Ferrari which is red it looked like a good promo but the more I thought about F1 and MotoGP at the same weekend I thought about it would be exciting there would be a lot of hubbub about it and it would be an exhibition. It wouldn't be a proper, wouldn't be a proper weekend racing. It would be an exhibition. You wouldn't have, in my opinion, you wouldn't have Moto Three, you wouldn't have Moto Two, you wouldn't have, uh, you probably wouldn't have Formula Two or Formula Three. It would just be the spectacle of the Moto GP and Formula One. The rest of it would have to take a back seat. Hmm. If I remember correctly, was it not? Did they not used to do just a, Moto, a solo Moto GP race or something in Qatar at one time? Or was that World Superbikes where they just did World Superbikes and they didn't do this, this, the other ones? Or am I, I just talking? Am I just talking nonsense? I tell you what would be good though if they just did it like you say there, the GP and the Formula One, but just as a one-off spectacle type thing. It would have to be an exhibition. It would, it would yeah. be completely be an exhibition. And do you know what would make it even more interesting? Just chuck the Formula One cars and the GP bikes on the track at the same time and just let them all go at it. <laughs> they have done that before, not not multiple, but they have put a MotoGP bike, and it might have been a 500, I think it was a MotoGP bike. Casey Stoner was on it, I think, he was on Ducati, I'm not sure. But they had a Moto3, they had a, Moto3, they had a MotoGP bike and a Formula 1, but... Hmm. Excuse me, yeah, it would be an exhibition, it would be completely an exhibition. Yeah. Obviously, once you put racers on the grid, they're going to race, but... Mm. I think it would bring in a lot of attention. I think, obviously, say obviously, as if I know, as if I can predict the future, but I would imagine that you're going to need some coin in your pocket to go to that. Oh, yeah. 
Especially if it, it was probably like be, Monaco or something. <laughs> yeah, it would be somewhere daft. It's not going to be at Silverstone, isn't it? Even at Silverstone, it'd probably be far too expensive. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be somewhere where the super elite can go. Yeah, where you pull Monaco. up in your yacht and you pitch up and you have to pay a oh, million actually, just MotoGP to pitch up. The MotoGP doesn't go to Monaco, does it? So it has to be somewhere where the MotoGP <laughs> and the Formula One are both already established. Could you imagine yes. how cool that would be, though? MotoGP at Monaco. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's basically an Italian road race, isn't it? <laughs> Monaco, is Monaco on Italy? I, I figured you would know this, considering you play that board game with Helen so much. <laughs> My geography's terrible. Man. Ask Helen. Thought, Helen will know. Helen will know. I thought, I thought Monaco, Monaco was like a country. country. Is Monaco? Is Monaco? Or like... Oh, this is great. Everyone's going to think. Well, you two think I'm thick as pig shit, and now we all just look like it. I thought it was classed uh, as a country. So according to the smartest person in the room, <laughs> <laughs> easily, in my house at least, uh, it is France, but Chippy, you're right, it's its own little sort of state. It's a bit like the Vatican. That's the news. Zash forgets to put his microphone on mute while he chokes himself half to death laughing at his little joke. Uh, right, so that was the news. Let us know what you think. Get in touch. Send us an email if you think the idea of F1 and MotoGP is a good idea, if you think it's a bad idea, if you've got some <laughs> ideas about what would happen, you know, send us an email, podcast at bankbadbs.co.uk. We'd love to hear your opinions, love to hear your thoughts. And uh... Right, so we move on to the weekend's racing. Let's do it. I thought we'd have a bit of a change to proceedings, so I think we should start with MotoGP because... People only listen for six minutes, so we need to get it. We need to get into the <clears throat> need to get into the belly big legs as soon as possible, eh? Okay, MotoGP. I'm going to start it off then. Um, are we doing qualifying, or we're we just doing race, or, or what? Do qualifying because I haven't watched it because you ruined it for me. I didn't ruin it for you, did I? You did. You told me that Alex Rins was basically on the front row. I didn't. I said right, he was on uh, fire. The, yeah, he did say he was on fire, didn't he? But that does kind of suggest he's in the front row. Uh, right, so the, the the only thing I've really got to note from the qualifying is, yes, Alex Rins was very good, but in the end, he only got third. I think the biggest thing for me from the qualifying was the fact that Jorge Martin was killing it all weekend. Mm, he really was. Qualifying. He was. He was easily the fastest on track, and uh, it looked like he was going to maybe storm away with the weekend, and then in qualifying, he came off. Mm. And ultimately, had to start from twelfth place. So, but so many people were coming off. I mean, look at Jack Miller. Five times in quals, he came off. Yeah, we'll get into that. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so that was a that. Well, I suppose that is a part of qualifying. Yeah, uh, no, he didn't come off five times in qualifying. He came well, off FP one, FP two. Yeah, throughout the whole weekend, up until qualifying, he came off five times. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Jack Miller was complaining that he couldn't he couldn't feel anything from the bike. Right. That's what he was saying. Like, obviously, I'm not going to pretend to know that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to riding a MotoGP bike, or even riding a bike around a track. But I can, I can almost imagine what he means when he says he can't feel anything, because, and it must be a horrible feeling. And obviously, you're a motorbike racer. You want to win races. You want to finish as high up the, you want to finish on the podium at least. And he was sitting in third place in the race. But if you can't feel anything, you don't know when you're pushing too hard. You don't know when you're going into a corner too hard. 
I can imagine there's a lot of frustration there. Now, yeah, if Jack yeah. Miller crashes, if Jack Miller crashes once, you can say that's a stupid mistake. But, and I'm sure you could hold his hands up and say that's a stupid mistake. But we all know Jack Miller. Like, he's a decent enough rider. He's not going to crash six times in a no. weekend unless there's a problem. Obviously, they must have. Uh, they would have had a look at the bike data anyway, wouldn't they? Just to see what was kind of like going wrong for him. But then a yeah. lot of riders were complaining about the track again. They always have. But the, that's why it's called the uh, called the rodeo. I know, but it just seems to be every track this year so far that it's just been complaining, yeah. complaining, complaining. There doesn't complaining. seem yeah, there doesn't seem to be a track that's been inverted commas up to scratch. Yeah. Mm. Just going off topic slightly, you know this uh, there's a competition on the MotoGP website where you can guess the pole position time and win a watch. I was four hundredths of a second out this week. <laughs> Raging. <laughs> Anyway, nice watches, them Tissot watches as well. Yeah. You've got loads of money, right, so, you can just buy one. Right, so on to the sprint. What did you think of that? Um, see, I've, we spoke about this a little bit beforehand, and I know you guys didn't really enjoy the sprint, but I thought it was quite good. It's not I didn't enjoy it, I just don't... I think it's been the least eventful one of all... Th- did you see when so Fabio far. was going around the corner and he was close to Rins and he rubbed his back, the back of his levers, with yeah. the front of his tyre? <laughs> I was like, bloody hell! Imagine being Rins just thinking, ooh, that's warm. <laughs> mm. It was. Um, get that sort of stuff all the time, they're so close to each other. But I am loving the sprint because they're just, they're just going hell for leather. See, that, I, that idea you said that uh, <clears throat> it's the least eventful one so far. Portimao, it was, A, it was a sprint, it was new, it was 10 laps, everybody was eager to go out and try and, ah, you know, yes. the sprint, ah, and it was hyped up and there was a lot of adrenaline, it was literally, quite literally, the first race of the season. And the so track I think that, also lends itself yeah, to being... Yes, but I think that plays a part in why that sprint was so exciting, because mm. even the first race of the season, if you take the sprint away... Like even if the sprint hadn't been there at all, the first race of the season would have been exciting because it's the first yes. race of the season. You know they've spent all year, well all off season at least, preparing for this. So there's going to be adrenaline. The second sprint, arguably, if Brad Bender hadn't have done what he done, would it have been as exciting? Brad Bender hadn't come up and won from the front. That was good. So <laughs> it was really good, but I think. I think the commentators hit the nail on the head. The riders themselves have started to realise that it's, I know it's not just another, but it's another race, it's another opportunity for points. And it's like you said a few weeks ago, Chevy, if a team or riders are going out and they're thinking, you know what, we don't really have what it takes for the sprint, let's maybe just use it as like an FP4, possibly. Just try and settle down. It's better to finish the sprint with no points than it is to wreck the bike and thus not have a good ride on Sunday. So, but, uh, it started off, which turned out to be a good weekend for Renz. He got second in the sprint, which was very good. Yeah. Jorge Martin, who apparently was feeling sick, and that's why he crashed in qualifying, managed to get third. Yeah, he's been on antibiotics and all sorts, hasn't he? Um, and then by, by Nia Wainerius, obviously. Yeah, but Alex Alex Marquez went down <laughs> and uh, had a bit of a mare, didn't he? And that was obviously... Well, apparently he threw up and he's... And his helmet. Oh, really? 
I didn't hear that. You know, when, you're, when your face said you didn't know that, Ash. Yeah, so he was feeling sick as well. Him and Jorge Martin are both feeling sick. Johan uh, Mir, was, he's really looking disappointing. Even in the sprint race, he was just... Obviously, he had a bit of a mare in MotoGP, but I was just expecting a bit more from him. It's the bike, innit? Mm. Can't blame him. Yeah, but then look at Alex Rins, what he did on the LCR. Yeah, yeah, Alex that, he always goes well there, doesn't he? Yeah, Alex Renz always goes well there. Exactly, so it's not always about the bike, it's also about the rider. Yeah, that's true, that is true. Mm. But I don't think Alex Renz will do much next Probably not, next but or, like you say, few. because he's an absolute boss on that track, it, I don't think it matters what bike he would be on. I think he would be mm. up there. Um, Bezeki, he was... He, he, well, he, he was... Quite far back, he managed to make up a few places, but obviously not not enough uh, to get up onto a podium. And, Is that in the sprint um, race? Yeah, he uh, he fell he fell back a bit. He fell back to about seventh or eighth. He did manage to claw a few positions back. Um, yeah, he ended up finishing sixth Great racing from him, which. Um, I enjoy watching Marco Bezzecchi. I think he's class. I'll be honest, the sprint kind of. I thought. I knew Alex Renz goes well around there. He won on the Suzuki, he's won in Moto3, he's won in Moto2. He's arguably, controversial, he's arguably the king of Kota. Arguably. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, he's, the on, he's the only rider to have won it in all classes, and he's now the only rider to have won it on two manufacturers in MotoGP. Ooh, Mark has done it on two manufacturers as a chippy. So, How many world championships has Alex Renz won? Don't care. Two, I think. Did they win Moto three and Moto two? I'm not sure. I'm gonna say yeah. Alex Rins is definitely now the king of Kota. So you would say that. <laughs> he's definitely got a. He's definitely got claim to the throne at least. Definitely. Do you know what? I'm I'm actually a bit gutted. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a bit gutted. Marquez didn't turn up. Didn't wasn't able to do Kota. Because yeah, I do. He, he is amazing around there. <laughs> And it would have been quite cool I don't think, to see. I don't think he would have done anything. Alex I don't Rins. think he would have done. I reckon he would have been up there don't. with Alex Rins. Yeah, I do as well. I don't think he would have been. Because <clears throat> if Marquez would have come back, like, if Marquez had been there without the crash at Portimao, possibly, but so let's say the crash at Portimao happened as it did, and he came back, he managed to just get back for the race and, and Cota, hmm. he's still going to be suffering from the pain. Of his broken thumb, yeah, and it's a very physical track. So, and the last time he ra- the last time he raced in Austin, he messed up the start and went right back and had to basically start from the last rule of the grid. Mm. I know he ended up getting like fifth or sixth, so he has amazing right there. But they keep calling him the King of Kota. This is what I keep talking about. That's how they done the same with Rossi. They keep oh the King of Kota, King of Kota, Marquez. He's not done anything in years. No, it's definitely Alex Rins now. He's he's he's. And after this weekend, I think I said it in the group chat. After this weekend, I thought, and I know Chippy, you're going to hate me for saying this, and I know I feel like I'm attacking Mark Marquez all the time, but I think Marquez is a phenomenal rider. But I think this weekend to me highlighted why Honda have to invest in maybe not. Maybe not younger riders, because I know Alex Renz maybe not that young in terms of the market is only thirty. But they need to start investing in other. They need to invest in other riders because when's the last time Marquez completed a full season injury free? Mm. 
2019. It's been a long time. And you can, you can well, the way Banyaya's riding, we'll come to that later, but the way Banyaya's riding, <laughs> he, he probably still could mount a challenge, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, I reckon Alex yeah. Rins should take Mark as his ride. I think it's a little bit soon to be so a bit soon. It's a bit soon, Steve. yeah, but I think he would do better on the factory Honda. So you can show show him what he can do on the LCR. I wonder if Repsol Honda are thinking they should have gone with Alex Rins rather than Joan Mir. Mm. I reckon so. That's a good <laughs> show, yeah. But then Joan Mir's got the world title, doesn't he? Well, the previous yeah. world title. So if he you haven't got that a, title, he might have bring in a little. I'm not obviously having a dig at him or anything, but because I don't dislike the guy, but that championship was just a bit you like think that was, you think you, you, you're going to say that was a Mickey Mouse championship that's basically what you're saying that's, that's what you just said that's what you just said that's what you said in so many words isn't it Chappie yeah it is yeah I mean I'd, I'd word it that consistency won that championship because he only won like one race didn't he it was just him finishing sort of top five consistently most of the season that got him the championship. Slow and steady, it wins race. Exactly. But at the end of the day, it's that it's that old that old saying: you can only beat who's turning up at the grid. You know what I mean? Mm. And if they turn up and crash, you think Quattararo was like after Marquez was out of the picture, Quattararo was thought to win that championship and then didn't. Yeah. I think so. I think he's a great mm. rider. I really like him. He fell apart that season, and then he won it one season, and then last season, arguably, Banyaya won it. He doesn't actually won it. Quattuara lost it because we said this before. He was like ninety something points yeah. ahead, and then he fell apart. So does Quattuara get the head for it? And now does Banyaya got the head for it? Anyway, will we move on to the race because we're pretty much talking about it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty much talking about the race. Anyway, let's. Let's get into the race, the main race, and like we've already said it a few times. Uh, Banyaya, we've mentioned it before because we kept saying about how dominant Ducati is and how smooth Banyaya can be, and we've always, well, I've said that it remains to be seen whether he can stay on the bike, whether he's got what it takes. Because once again, I'll say it, last year, did Banyaya, well, obviously he won the championship, but did he win the championship from being the better rider, obviously, but, or was it because Quattararo, who we know he's got, like, he's got history of, like, mentally falling, falling to pieces, did Quattararo just kind of let it slip through his fingers? Mm. Which ultimately, yeah. which ultimately is a big blow for Yamaha, looking where they're at now. But I, I don't know. I look. I, I watch Bagnaio when he's riding, and he's he's a really good rider. He just oh, he's a phenomenal rider. He's but like I mean that Ducati is unreal on power. When he was uh, when he was him and Alex Rins were coming up to the straight, like that Ducati was just it was just leaving him. It, it was gone. You could just see yeah. the power difference. It was amazing. Um, but like you say, maybe. I don't think it's just got into his head. I just think it's like you say when you when you're pushing it, sometimes you do just slip out of it. Yeah, but last week in Argentina, say last week, but the last round in Argentina, I know the conditions were a bit iffy, but everybody was racing in them conditions. Last round in Argentina, he was second. He was easy second. 
He wasn't pushing for the lead. He wasn't charging for the lead. He wa- he didn't have anybody coming up behind him, not seriously in the way that they were putting pressure on him. He was just in second place. All he had to do was finish the, finish the race. And he came off. And this week, now if you're thinking about the title, if you're if you're racing smart and you're thinking about the title, and I know you want to win, obviously they want to win, they're racers, but if you're in a position where Alex Renz is hounding you and you think, I am trying really hard to stay in front of him, why not just let him pass you? Stay behind him for a couple of laps. Let him lead. Get behind him. Let him do the leading. Watch where he's fast. Let him, you know, let him be the marker. And if he takes off and leaves you, well, he's get second place. Take 20 points. There is a lot of pressure he, on him because obviously he's, he's, he's wanting to try and retain that title. You don't say, Ash. I know, but obviously, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, Thanks, yeah, Captain it, Obvious. Oh, get to fuck, you absolute specky nerdy twat. You, you said the first swear word of the episode. Yeah, I did, and I don't care because he, he just pisses me off. Um, but, like I said, yeah, like no, I we, said we, in, the episode, in the episode a while ago, you, you don't know what's going on upstairs, do you? No, and I don't want to feel like I'm like I've said Quattararo fell to pieces. Like it's not for me to say. Like obviously, sports psychology is a massive thing at the minute. Yeah. There's obviously a lot more involved in it. It's it's high pressure. But like I hear about footballers and stuff, you get sports psychology, and fair enough if you need it. But there's a hell of a difference between standing playing football than there is going at three three hundred and fifteen kilometers an hour in a motorbike. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Well, I hope I he. Uh, Foot- I, I football hope fans will want to email in and be like, "Actually, football's this, football's that." No, no, fair enough, whatever. But you know, you know what I mean. Going at that speed, Jesus, it's pre- There's a lot of pressure. It's not just well, I win the race. It's like, am I going to come off and do- and injuries aside, because injuries can happen. If they come off and the bike goes twirling around, and you're thinking, "Oh, there's a few hundred thousand pounds just gone into the sandpit," <clears throat> but. It's yeah, just racing. Some sometimes in racing, if you just take that line a little bit wrong, you, you it just goes. And unfortunately, that's what's happened to him this weekend. I think yeah, his head's going to go more but, and more. But it's two weekends in a row now, and I think he'll bounce back. I do. I don't. I, I think it's going to go to his head, and he's it's going to get worse and worse. It's just going to fall apart. I think he's saving grace if there's any. Because I agree with Chappie, I think he might. I think he might struggle to bounce back from this. Hmm. But I think he's safe and grace at the minute, as Bezeki doesn't seem to be very consistent at the top because he's on a he's on a satellite bike for a start, and but he doesn't seem to be too consistent at the top. So at the minute, that might be safe and grace because, for example, let's say Alec, or let's say Mark Marquez was there, and Marquez was. Isn't his title rival, mm. and if if Banyaya wasn't winning it, Marquez was winning it. Chances are Marquez would be like, you'd have won two races. You know, you know what you know. What I'm getting at here. The point yeah. is that there's no one consistent rider who is taking it to him and streaming away from him. And he hasn't but, got the pressure of his uh, teammate Bastianini yeah. over at the minute. So, but he can't rely on that for too long. So no. He's, but I read on the and one of the articles that he's. I don't know if he's blaming the bike, but he's suggesting that there's a problem with the bike. So you now I read something that said he was saying the bike's too good or something. Too, or the bike's well, I think they I think they headlined it as how can a bike be too good? 
But yeah. I think, is he maybe trying to say that the bike's got too much power? Mm. Could you imagine Marco Bezzecchi on the full factory Ducati? That'd be class. <laughs> you say that, but you don't know. Like last last year, we were saying the Martin Bastianini. Yeah, we've not really we've not really a chance to see him, to be honest. Because, no, no. Because look, Marini took him out. <laughs> there was like I said before, though, there was a hell of a lot of crashing. Like, it's it's got to be. Obviously, I know they're all pushing, but it's got to be tr- something to do with the track as well. It's got to be. Well, that was the lowest amount of finishes since Aston in twenty sixteen, apparently, and that that was a wet race. Hmm. It it was unbelievable. Every 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 other like sort of couple of minutes, it was like, oh right, okay, Nakagami's crashed out. Oh, Brad Binder's gone. <laughs> I think Brad Binder rejoined though. I think he, he jumped back on. Yeah, he did. I think because he had a bit of a he, he had a bit of a wobble and he went off the track. He he came off and then I thought, oh, that's him done. And then it literally because I messaged Sam, I was like, oh, Brad Binder's just done a wobble. And then I was like, oh, he's just come off. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was a hell of a lot of crashing, but nevertheless, I still enjoyed it. Don't think anyone was massively hurt, so. Uh, no, there was, well. <clears throat> there was a lot of crashes. There was a lot of crashes. They talked a lot about how bumpy the surface is, and uh, it's something. I'm not an engineer, so, but I, I've heard it's something to do with the soft clay that it was. Apparently, the track has been was originally built on like a soft clay you know the sort of, you know the sort of soft clay you get in sort of hot hot climates right it's not really like soil like we would you know the way we know soil yeah, it's yeah. Just soil, and then you get like a putty sort of clay like orange clay mm. that sort of that sort of ground that was built on it and then i think because that's soft over time, as pressure and, and weight is put onto the track, it slowly sank a little bit, and then bumps are created, and then that's where the the bump in the ice. Because you can see them the when they're coming down that back straight, you can see them. The bikes are like, <laughs> yeah, proper going for, aren't they? Must be a lot of chatter on it as well. Mm. Still a great track though. Because you almost they're almost like standing up on the bike of it. Like they're not even sitting in the seat when they're going down the back street. Straddling it like a jockey. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like they're they're trying to absorb they're trying to use their legs as like an extra suspension and absorb the the, the bumps and as they as they go down. But uh yeah, there was a lot of crashes. There was a lot of people end up crashing out. Uh we said again about Alex Marquez crashing out of the sprint race because he threw up and then him and Jorge Martin was it, did Jorge Martin take him out yeah, yeah he, he came around the corner and wiped him out and I was like for fuck's <laughs> sake because obviously Ducati had a bit um, Jorge Martin like you say he was he was on fire all weekend I mean he, he still holds the fastest lap around that track doesn't he mm, the record probably. and he was doing really well and then to, couldn't believe it when he <laughs> came off and wiped out Alex Marquez it's uh, it's a real shame because I thought he would have definitely been uh, good to watch, but but I think I think Ducati had a lot of a lot of bikes come off at the end of it. I know they've got the more they've got more bikes on the grid, so chances are they're going to have the yeah. more come off. But you know, but they had a lot of they had a lot come off. You go through the people that finished or the people that come off. You got Martin, Alex Marquez, Banyaya. Yeah, three Ducatis fell off. 
Both Ducatis. Oh no, Brad Binder rejoined, didn't he? But he did crash. So yeah, both Ducatis went down. Uh, KTM's even. The um, Aprilia's. Uh, Vinales, he was quite far back actually in the race, but he, he managed to sort of work his way up the field a bit. I don't know whether that was because when I was watching it, obviously people were crashing out and he was just making up places, but I seen I seen him down like quite quite low and then he, he moved up quite a bit. Are you alright there, Sam? You look like you've shot a spasm. <laughs> I was wondering if you noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get it when you're wearing he- earphones that just the vibration of the earphone makes your ear tackle and you kind of need to get in and scratch it? That's <laughs> why I wear over ear ones and then that's about yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I get it with over-ear ones as well. Sometimes I just need to give my ear a good scratch. There's nothing like a good scratch. You know when you get your little finger in there and you, you proper ream it out and you're back and forward and you can hear it going in your ear. Oh, I love it. Scratching your nuts and scratching your ears, two of life, little, little pleasures. <laughs> anyway, the racing. <laughs> back, to, back to the racing. I didn't realise, this is getting to the end of the race, I didn't realise Alex Rance did a shoey. I didn't realise that. I um, I didn't <clears> watch the celebrations, it's just I went on the MotoGP website just before we started and uh, I saw he was doing a shoey. And you don't think anybody other than Australians should do it? No, I think that's an Aussie thing. It should be Aussies as, only. As kind of an Aussie thing. And Jack Miller was the first person to bring a shoey to MotoGP. But they can't claim to own shoeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he won. I ever. I'm just going to check actually because I'm pretty sure there was somebody years ago that did a shoey. Well, uh, yeah, this. I'm sure I it was, uh... But I think in Formula One, Daniel Ricardo or Ricciardo, whatever his name is, he does shoes and he's Australian. Yes. I looked up the other day, while you're looking at that, I'll talk a little bit of nonsense. I looked up the other day about when was the first time somebody used the term the goat? Because the first time I heard it was with Valentino Rossi. Yeah, same for me. Uh, that's when I first heard it with Valentino, because he is the goat, naturally. Right, so if you, Apparently, you have to take... V8 supercars driver Dave Reynolds was the first person to do a shoey. Where's Never he Never heard of him. Well, V8 supercars uh, is Australian, I think. Yeah. Because V8 supercars, you got Holden, which is Vauxhall, who raced Ford. So I think they probably is Australian. So it's an Australian thing. So Alex Renz, stop doing shoeys. <laughs> no, I disagree. Shoe, everybody should be allowed to do shoeys. Have you ever done a shoey? No. No. I have. <laughs> I don't you. Really glad you were drinking from the same cup twice. <laughs> but anyway, who do you think, or where do you think was the first time the goat was ever used? It's quite, quite obvious, obvious when you think about, about it. Mark Marquez. No, 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 no. Valentino Rossi. No, it's not, not even in motorbikes. The first time the goat is, was used. Is it going to be something like Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? No. no, even further back than that. Should I just tell you? Go on then. Yeah, yeah go, go on. on. Right, so well, this is according to a Google search, so sometimes Google's wrong, but according to that, 1992, Muhammad Ali's wife referred to him as the GOAT, the greatest of all time, oh, at, some, yeah. at some award ceremonies. And that was the first time the term the GOAT had ever been ever been used. So, Muhammad Ali, who probably is the GOAT. 
Mike uh, no, Fury. Say Mike Tyson then. Mm. Tyson Fury. Right, anyway. Yeah, I like Tyson Fury. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, well, well, we can all agree for once. All three of us agree. We all like Tyson Fury. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, something we all agree on. Jesus. I know that's just going off topic, but Joe Joyce got his face smashed down the other day. Did you I see the highlights? No. Oh, no, I, I only heard about him for the first time this week. He was just a human punch, but I've watched him a bit because I, I like watching the Olympics, and he was in the Olympics, so mm. and then I kind of watched a few of his fights. But yeah, he seemed outclassed, and that hopefully he can bounce back from it because you know I like I like British boxers, obviously. Right, getting back yeah. into the race, Alex Rans Delishui, and uh, I was thinking about who do you think the big winners and the big losers are from the MotoGP? Um, oh. I'll see a hundred and rins. It's got to be. Yes, massive winners. Lucio yeah. Chicanello. I like Lucio Chicanello because he gave Car Crutchlow a chance. Mm. And I like Car Crutchlow. I thought I'd, I'd, I'd really enjoy Car Crutchlow being in the grid. And they had, and him and Car Crutchlow seemed to bounce off each other. And that's yes. whenever I first really started paying attention to LCR Honda. And every time he's interviewed, he always just seems so down to earth. I think if I had to work for anybody in the paddock, I would like to work for Lucio Tecanello. He just seems pretty cool. Uh, so I'm glad... Yeah, they're the same now, weren't they, on the commentary about how much of a really nice guy he is. Yeah, Neil Hodgins is always bigging him up about how much yeah. he, he's got time for him. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm glad... It took five years for him to win another race. I'm glad they've won one. Uh, Alex Renz, I'll be honest, Alex Renz has enough pedigree that he could win a couple of races this year. Hmm. If you get on a Honda track, for example. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so we'll, we'll keep on with the big winners. Yeah, so Lucio Chicanello. Uh, Quattararo, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to get a podium, especially with all yeah. the shit that has been happening with that Yamaha, that's really, really... And but, do you know what? I hope that's given him a bit of a boost as well, but he still didn't seem too happy about it. No, he doesn't seem to be happy. He doesn't want to come third. He wants to win races. Yeah. And he only really come third because Bagnaia crashed out. Crashed. And he did uh, drop back to fourth at one point, though, but he, he brought it yeah. back. But that's another thing about Alex Renz. I don't think you can say the only reason Alex Renz won the race was because Bagnaia fell off. I know there's maybe a bit of that, but ultimately I think Renz was taking it to Bagnaia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, especially when it's a race of attrition, as they kept calling it, Sometimes in that you're sitting in third or fourth and then first, second and third maybe take each other off or one has a mechanical or one goes wide and then you end up winning the race and it's like, oh, but what if? But Alex Renz in his own right was racing for the win when Banyaya came off ultimately, mm. or not ultimately, arguably maybe even forced him to crash. So I think Alex Renz fully deserves all the credit of that race win. Quattararo coming third, not just because he came or got a podium, and it's good for Yamaha, but I think it just it reasserted his dominance as the number one rider. I know you two were saying last week there was no question he's the number one rider. I know that. But if Morbidelli would have come out this weekend and would have beat him again, there would have been doubts. There would have been. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe people might have been thinking, is Quattararo, you know, getting a hump with Yamaha? Is he, like, is his head gone with Yamaha? Uh, yeah. Right, so... Who do you think the losers were? The biggest losers. 
see, I kind of, even though he did so well in the sprint race, I think Jorge Martin and Alex Marquez. (laughs) What? Alex Marquez fell off in both races, so. Yeah, I think Jorge Martin and Alex Marquez, but to say, again, this is my opinion. Feel free to jump in and tell me to shut up. To say they're the biggest losers, oh, Martin, for example, I don't think, I'm not going to say he doesn't have anything to lose, but he's kind of, he's not expected to do a lot. No. You know, yeah. you, got the, you got the pecking order of the Ducatis, you've got Bagnaia, Bastianini, even though he's not here at the minute, and then because of how well Bezzecchi and Marini's doing, you get Bezzecchi and Marini, and then you get Alex Marquez, and then down there you've got Jorge Martin. So if Jorge has a, Jorge Martin is a good weekend, big win, but if he doesn't have such a good weekend, is it such a big loss for him? Hmm. But I, I get I get what you're saying. He, I, I get what you're saying. He was, at the start of the weekend, it looked like he was going to be, you know, belly big bollocks. Yeah, I thought he was going to do, I thought he was going to smash all of it. Like, ball bag like kettlebells like look at me but ultimately <laughs> yeah yeah so it was a shame because I do like Jorge Martin I, I like to see him do well um, yeah but I yeah Alec, Alex Marquez though both races crashed out obviously I know the I know the second race it wasn't his fault but unfortunately I think he was one of the biggest losers first race wasn't really wasn't really his fault either if he's going to be sick and he's helmet he can't help that I thought no, no. for my biggest losers was Banyaya, obviously. Massive loser. I'm not saying massive loser. But, you know, <laughs> the, you suck. <laughs> no, we don't mean that. <laughs> yeah, we don't mean that. Because but... he's an, he's an avid listener. Yeah, I've put Jack Miller down as well because he crashed six times at the weekend. He's obviously got problems with the bike. And uh, yeah. I think he, if he had stayed on the bike, because we now know that the KTM's a decent bike. It's maybe not champ. It's maybe it's maybe not championship winning at the minute, because it, it, it it still remains to be seen if it's going to go well in all the tracks. But it's a decent bike. Yeah. So if he would have had said feeling that he doesn't have, if he would have had that, he could have got a podium this week. So yeah, I reckon he could have been Now another loser I've put down. Well, this is just my opinion. I'm not sure what you make of it. I know you've one of you has added to it, probably Chippy, because I don't think you've added much. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> another loser for me is Honda. I think Honda come out of this. Not LCR Honda, obviously, but I think Honda as a whole come out of this weekend looking rather embarrassed. There was only yeah. one Honda finished, and <clears throat> we've already alluded to Alex Renz being very good round Circuit of the Americas. If you take that away and put it onto another track... Alex Renz might not perform and and they're only going to have one Honda finish so mm. and the first Honda to win a race this year is a satellite bike so I yeah. think I think Honda must be I know they won a race before Yamaha but a part of them must be thinking especially the factory team the Repsol team must be like like you said Chappie I bet they're wishing they went with Alex Renz now rather than yes. you on there but <clears throat> And who have you put down as the big losers? You just said both KTM's have crashed. Yes. Well, something else I uh, I read earlier was uh, both Alicia Spargo and Ralph Fernandez crashes were caused by malfunctioning ride height devices. And they're both on Aprilia's, so I wouldn't say they had a great weekend. No. 
No, you're right about that. I think they'd have hoped but, for a lot more. Yeah, so I think that pretty much wraps up MotoGP. I think it does. Yeah. Are we moving on I to Moto2? Think... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, let's move on to Moto2. So, let's. Um, uh, should we announce the elephant in the room on Moto2? Well, we'll start with qualifying first. We've got All right, to okay. Qualifying. <laughs> so I just, I just, does somebody else want to read it out or talk about it? Or... Ash is the elephant Cause, in the room. Because I realise I do talk quite a lot. Um, I'll be honest, I only caught half of the qualifying. <laughs> Professional as always. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right, so, the only thing I really had to note for qualifying that I think we're really interested in Sam Lowe's crashed out and qualifying. He didn't even get a lap in. He got through to Q2. He got through to Q2 and then he crashed. Or did he crash or did he have a, did his bike malfunction? I think he crashed. He, he crashed. Sure it, he crashed. was like pretty much as soon as he got on the track, wasn't it? Yeah, he crashed out. Uh, yeah, he didn't even get a lap right. in. He just, he just binned it. Because then next thing, no, he didn't. Is... No, he didn't. Go, he didn't even get a banker lap, and he was on his out lap, and obviously that starts from the pit, pit lane, and uh, and then he crashed and didn't get a lap, and had to start from twelfth place. And this is why I didn't catch all of the qualifying because then you messaged me because we seen obviously Sam Lowe's was there with a microphone and with a with a BT Sports shirt on, and we were like, did we miss something? That, that, was, Alex Lowe's. that was Alex Lowe's, you know. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I thought it was that was Alex Lowe's, you dumbass. I, <laughs> I genuinely thought it was. I thought it was. They look so pretty there. similar. Well, they're identical. And what did I say brothers. on the first ever podcast? What did I say on the first podcast? Mate, I get was... them two mixed up all the time. Oh, but how can you get one of them's racing? Yes, and I, one get of them's I get that. I know that. he's fast, but he's not that fast. He can't but, but I missed. I obviously that missed like some the of the qualifying. You've ever said the I missed podcast. some of the qualifying. I thought, well, because he's binned it, he might. He must. They must have just given him a microphone. So I'd fucking yeah. pop these lot. You are an idiot. Well, <laughs> I, I said it in the first podcast. I get them mixed up all the time. But he had been there in FP2 and FP3. He'd been there all weekend. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I didn't catch all of it, did I? Fucking hell. He crashed and then they had a microphone. <laughs> did, you not even think, did you not even stop to think, oh, hello, he's got a twin brother, maybe it's Alex. Or any time whenever Susie Perry said, so Alex, what do you think? You thought, oh, <laughs> I was not nah. it? Okay, I had it on in the background. <laughs> That's funny. No oh, well. Uh, just now that we've brought that up, I honestly think Alex Lowe's done an absolutely fantastic job with the microphone. I think he yeah, did yeah, he was well. really good actually. I think he yeah, suits that. He did, and <clears throat> it's obviously. I'm not. I'm not saying they should stop <laughs> racing bikes, but it's obviously a, an avenue to make some money when they're finished racing bikes. Uh, so you. I, t- I imagine it's you put that on there, chap. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you under the bus, chap. You put that in here. Yes. Uh, so do you want to say it? Go on, because I'll get stuck if I say it. So you say. It. Well, the thing is, because Tony Arbolino is doing so well this year, he's going to be a title challenger, and uh, it's just showing Sam Lowe's up. I can't see Sam Lowe's being in the paddock next year, and I don't think he'll even be in like World Super Sport, World Superbikes. I think he's either going to have to go back to British Superbikes or just retire. Possibly. You don't, think, you don't think he would go to World Superbikes? 
I don't. I, no, I can't see it. I have to agree the, with Chippy on this one. The only thing, not the only thing, but one of the one of the reasons I think Sam Lewis is going to struggle justifying his his ride or whatever is the fact that we we do well. I say I think Sam Lewis has or maybe did have potential. And he's a good rider, mm. and at one stage. Maybe we're going back a few years, and I'm kind of wishing them days would come back. But at one stage, he looked like a title contender, and yeah, the fact that Tony Arbolino not could be a title challenge challenger, he is a title challenger. Yeah. So the fact that he's up the front week and week out, I know it's only been three weeks, but week and week out does kind of, is kind of showing him up a little bit. Mm. <clears throat> but I don't know if we go right back to British superbikes. I, I think I think he'd retire. Think I think so? he'd be more likely to retire than go to British Superbike. Yeah, I don't think he'd go that far back. Surely not. I uh, I tweeted this once to them, but I'm not sure if uh, Alex and Sam want to race in the same championship. I'm not sure about that. But I was on their Twitter page. This was years ago, and I just asked the question: If you're in the same, if you were in the same championship, who would use the number twenty two? They didn't answer it, they just liked the tweet, but just the getting a like, just getting the tweet <laughs> liked with the Lowe's brothers, I was like, whoa, look at me, they like my tweet, I'm a famous guy, they like my tweet, I was like, I was, like, I was running up and down the road, they like my tweet, they like my tweet, did you I, say they liked the tweet? I felt like they that liked when my tweet. Uh, Mark Hamill liked my tweet. Here we go, <laughs> folks, it's Star Wars time. <laughs> Neil Hodgson likes uh, a meme that I made. I was quite proud of that. Mm. I like memes. Neil Hodgins <laughs> obviously likes memes as well. Yes. Right, so let's get on to the race. Right, Ash, you can address said elephant on your you Okay, to say so, well, no, because I was absolutely gutted for him. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. So, obviously, anybody that didn't watch on the warm-up lap, it was the warm-up lap. It wasn't the sight line. It was warm-up lap. Um, Jake yeah. Dixon went out. Everyone, you know, everyone went out. And all of a sudden, you know, he just he, he high-sided the bike, didn't he? He just had a wobble at the back and he, he just came off. And uh, I was I was just like, what the hell's going on? Even he sort of stood up and kind of just put his arms in the air like, what just happened? And he even said in the interview after, like, he was just like, well... You know, I di- I wasn't doing anything that I wouldn't normally do. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, like, when he got back and looked at the bike data to see if there was a problem with the bike. Um, I know they were saying that there was a lot of crosswinds that were sort of picking up during the day. So maybe he's just gone around that corner, a, a gust of wind hit him, and it's just sent him off. Um, I, I was obviously absolutely gutted for him because I reckon he would have definitely been a contender for a podium this weekend because he was doing really well around Kota I uh, I felt really bad for him because we all make stupid mistakes at work I know our work and our jobs are completely different from his but we all make stupid mistakes at work sometimes as the equipment sometimes you just have to hold your hand up and say it was me but you know when you make that, or whenever something stupid, something naughty happens like that, 
and you just want the ground to open you up and swallow <laughs> you, don't you? You just feel... Yeah, it's really embarrassing whenever something like that happens. And even when they interviewed him, he said, I'm not stupid, I know how to ride a bike. It's like, Jack, we know, we know how to ride a bike, mate. You're, like, you're, you fucking, you've had podiums in Moto2, so obviously you know how to ride a bike. What happened, I don't know. I, I'm reluctant to say too much because he, he probably, he must feel like shit. And, yeah, yeah, he he, he must yeah. like say must, that's why he's trying to hard, justify uh, himself because he yeah. was just so embarrassed by it. With, like, it's hard to talk about it with like making it sound like you're trying to put the knife in, but you know, shitty stuff happens sometimes. There's two instances I think where it must be really embarrassing to crash. One is the warming up sight and lap, but must be kind of embarrassing to crash. But mm. and the other one would be once the race is over and you're doing a like you're doing like. A joke Yeah. Well. <laughs> Should have been looking where it's going. But you know, I mean, uh, the only the the other when whenever you do it at the end of the race, the race is over. You've got your points. Mm. Yes, I'm sure your team's going. Jesus, we just threw a lot of money up the road when we didn't need to. But yes. ultimately, it's one's embarrassing, but you can you know share a few cans after and laugh about it. One's embarrassing where you just want to hold your head in your hands and just forget the weekend ever happened so yeah I feel for him because like you said he, he could have done well could have done well around Kota anyway, I reckon he would have been on the podium for sure I think he could have won that I honestly because he goes well around there I genuinely think he could have won that I doubt very much Jake Dixon listens to our podcast but if you do mate we hope you bounce back and uh, mm. bring it in her he did go on Twitter and he was looking. I think MotoGP, sorry, B, BT Sport put some on a tweet, and there's loads of people on there slagging him off. And he was reading the comments and he just put the bird to everyone. Yeah, like, I know. Earlier on in the podcast, finger. I said that if I was on a MotoGP bike, I probably wouldn't get around a warm up lap. That was a little mm. bit of tongue in cheek, but I wouldn't get around the warm up lap. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the fucking pet lane on a MotoGP bike. I was thinking, I was watching a warm-up lap, and I was thinking, if I was on one of them bikes, would I be able to keep up with them guys on their no, warm-up lap? Not. They'd absolutely still not. probably smoke me. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah. It's like, well, listen to that interview, listen to that interview with Alex Lowe's, and like, he's a bloody good motorbike rider, and he said his first time in the MotoGP bike, because he got a ride in the MotoGP bike, he didn't even know how to put it in gear. Yeah. He didn't know what he was doing. And I kind of <laughs> took, I kind of took some uh, uh, refuge in that. I was like, oh, I'm not so bad that I don't know how to ride my one five. <laughs> <laughs> but a slightly different topic. We watch, uh, I watch a lot of, I, I like doing a lot of running, uh, how I keep fit. And I like to watch the Olympics. And we see the likes of Mo Farah, who, even when he's out in a training run, doing his slow training runs, trying to, like, trying to emulate what he does. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it's like you see guys, you see guys sprinting a hundred meters, and you think, "Oh, I couldn't do that." And then you see like the likes of Mo Far and Paula Radcliffe out running, and you think that's more achievable. Them guys are absolutely killing it. They might not be sprinting, but they're absolutely killing it. So, hmm. in that same scenario, I can imagine even in a warm-up lap, they're they're going around there at some speed because they're probably doing like what 150 at least down that back straight. I'd be too scared to get like over a hundred probably. That's why we're not 
Yeah, that's why we sat behind a computer doing a podcast. And that's why we're right. pretending to know what we talk about <laughs> rather than knowing what we talk about. <laughs> right, on to the race. Now we've got that past. Best of luck in the future. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was really enjoying watching the battle between Abelino and Pedro Costa. It was really good. Yeah, you sent me a message saying that race was really good, and I was like, "I really eh. enjoyed." But you said you said obviously if Pedro Acosta hadn't shifted it into neutral by accident, it wouldn't have been as exciting. Mm. Pedro would have. He was. Pedro Acosta was up the road. He was. I wouldn't say he was up the road and gone, but he was showing. He was showing likelihoods of it. He hit the neutral. He went back a few bike lengths, and he managed to catch up again. And I don't know if his tires. I don't know if his tyres went about. Yeah, it did make it interesting. But the point I was trying to make is, <clears throat> excuse me, the point I'm trying to make is, whenever two riders are hitting perfect lines, and and one's finding whatever little gap there is, and they're you know they're not pushing each other out of the way, but you know they're they're forcing each other to sit up and look, and and they're mm-hmm. making moves, and and it, it just becomes really exciting. The race between. Arbolino and Acosta was like I'm just going to sit here and wait for him to make a mistake because he's going to make a mistake and they ultimately just kept making mistakes and then the other one you know took advantage of it so yes it was exciting don't get me wrong but no, I enjoyed watching I, I think crap. I think it was a good race but for racing there wasn't like incidents and drama yeah. it was yeah some races think... you get the drama some races you get good racing some races I you get I... both it was a very good race. It was a really good race, and I did really enjoy it. But I think a problem is that when it comes to Arbolino and Acosta, I don't really care who wins. I just want I want to see it. I want to see a good race. You know what I mean? And I did see a good race. But sometimes, if you have a sort of personally invested liking to a rider, it kind of makes it more exciting. I do know, like to see I, Pedro Acosta do well, though. So I think yeah, it's I said, because we think he's going to be the next big thing. You kind of want him to see the. See him win the championships, don't you? You want to see him dominate in and style. Yeah, I want to see him in MotoGP on a KTM. That's what I want to see. Not, Not on a KTM. KTM yeah, no. I think he should. I think he should stay loyal to KTM and go. He probably has to do with his contract. I don't know. Five year contract, isn't it? Some stupid. Fair play to KTM for doing that. I tell you what, the KTM's have come on leaps and bounds. You put him on a GP K. KTM bike, I reckon it'd, it'd shock yeah. a lot of people. Certainly not the worst bike on the grid, is it? Repsol oh, Honda, yeah. but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I tell you what was in uh, well, not well interesting, but also um, a real shame was I was uh, listening to the commentary and they were saying that the Triumphs, uh, the Moto Two bikes, are having a lot of electronical problems, and quite a few people retired from that race due to mm. the electrical faults. So that's something yeah. they but it's only certain only certain teams it's happening to though. Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Cuz they they're usually a solid bike, aren't they? Like they're so reliable, so perfect every race. It's weird when you hear any criticism about them. It's uh, I hope they get it sorted cuz it must be really frustrating, especially if you well, not, 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 not even if you were up there obviously contending for like a a uh, oh my God, sorry, I was uh, mid uh, mid sentence there, but Sam just showed me the results from the Leeds Liverpool game. It's not a result Sam, yet. There's still fifteen minutes. Left. Sam supports Liverpool and I support Leeds, so obviously you can imagine Liverpool winning five one. 
And trust me, if if Liverpool's beating you this year, then you're really bad. (laughs) Yeah, back to the bikes. Um, So, yeah, hopefully they they get that uh, sorted out because the electronics are just randomly switching the bikes off completely and they're not able to get going again. Has that been happening all year or is that something you've read with just uh, Austin? It's just what I heard, obviously. It's just, uh, just Austin, but... It's obviously not every bike. It's not happening to every maybe, bike. Maybe the bumps is just shaking the shit out could of the bike. Could be. So bad, yeah, yeah genuinely could be on that back straight. Um... I just want to quickly go back to MotoGP for a sec. Do you remember seeing, there was an on-board with Quattararo, how fast he was going from sixth back to first, and the bike was just screaming. Yeah. It was... I was like, oh god, it's going to explode in a minute. Like you'll know that's better. Than, you'll know that's better than us. Ash. They can quick shift without a clutch down gears, can they? Or they can just hold the clutch in. They don't have to let the clutch out every time. They can just hold it in and quick shift the whole way down. They can just blip up and down with a quick shifter. They don't need to. Uh, yeah. They don't need to pull the clutch in. Because that's what happened, Johnny Ray, that time where he had to. Yeah. Basically, do it like a, the water. The water mm-hmm. got into his quick yeah. shifter com- yeah. C- CPU, and that's why he had to use, start using the clutch. And you know who I know we're 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 going on a tangent here, but you know who I always enjoyed watching doing that? Sam Lowe's. He was incredible at that. He used to like just kick it down in the back. Yeah, back well as we know, I haven't got a fucking clue who Sam or Alex Lowe's is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get off the subject of the Lowe's brothers, because I'll just make myself like a dickhead. Sam Lowe's is so good he can he can race and commentate at the same weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I uh, broke right. to do so, your toy. <laughs> so the only other thing to mention, I think you put this down here, Chatty. Do I go for it? The Rory uh, The what? The battle for third? Oh, do you want to mention that? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to mention the battle for third. Um, apparently, it was really good, but we didn't really get to see it because of what was happening with Acosta and uh, and Abelino. But yeah, that looks yeah. a good battle because there's like yeah, there's like four bikes in that battle. The third. It's shame we didn't get to see more of it. It's kind of justifiable when there is a race going on in front. You know what annoys me yeah. when when the best race and when when the best fight in the race is like it could be third or fourth or it's usually second, third, and fourth, and mm. the winner's about ten seconds up the road, Alvaro Batista or something, and then and then it cuts to the winner and it shows you come over the grid and then it shows yeah. these pet crew and they're like oh my god and you're like just show us the bloody race. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of justifiable when Acosta and Arbolino were racing each other. Yeah, and you put a bit in there about Rory Skinner as well. Yeah, he uh, he had a good weekend, um, and he's he's feeling more comfortable on the bike, settling in. So hopefully he'll start soon pushing his way up the grid a bit. Would be nice to see. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be good for something. <laughs> No, it's good to, see, uh, yeah. good to see Rory's going to do him well, though. Where did Rory yeah. Skinner finish? I think it, it was still like 18th or something like that. Oh, was yeah, he was points, right. But he was... Uh... He was... Eight seconds behind Sean Dylan Kelly, who's his teammate, I think. Mm. Yeah, Sean Dylan Kelly's his teammate, isn't he? He's eight seconds yeah. behind him. <clears throat> but, yeah. He's getting there. He's back in Scotland this week, apparently. So, considering we were in America, you don't expect. Well, there's not really ex- much expectations on the Americans. But you got Joe Roberts finished sixteenth, Sean Dillon Kelly finished eighteenth. So, yeah, 
Yeah. We need an American, a good American. No wild cards in the MotoGP, was there? I can't think any. No, there wasn't. No. Hmm. Well, hopefully this new NBA dude at Dorna you mentioned the other week, this guy that's doing... Yes. Uh, what is it he's doing, like uh, advertising or something like that? Or yeah, com- some commercial stuff. Commer- yeah, commercial stuff. Yeah, hopefully he can... Hopefully his presence can draw in a little bit of American... I don't know. Interest. <clears throat> Interest. Get here's some something writers. that Here's something we never mentioned on the duck, but I've seen it mentioned a few times on Twitter, and they talked about it and during the show. Circuits of the Americas are very reluctant to ever... Uh, say how many people's come to the race. Yeah, I saw that. And I don't really understand last why. Year, last year they used the excuse that they had, they had the Moto America there at the same weekend as they had the Moto GP, or leading up to the Moto GP. Right. So they they made the excuse that they were they were reluctant to release figures because it's, is it because of the Moto America or is it because of the Moto GP? But. That's another year where they've not done it. It seems a bit strange that they wouldn't do that. Why are they not doing that? Yeah, I, I really Why don't understand that? it. Like, are they... I don't know. So like, it's not like, it's a... We're not really that bothered, surely. Who's no, really you're not going to be like, oh, did that, pe- did that amount of people go? Maybe there are people that are bothered, though. There's maybe investors who are yeah, bothered. It might be that, yes. But sure, they can watch it on TV and be like, well, we can see there's there's maybe not a lot of people there or we can see there's a lot of people do you think are they letting people in and then taking the money and and not not telling them uh there was only two people turned up <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay uh, no well, who knows who knows what they're doing it does seem a bit strange though don't really have an answer thought i just thought i'd bring it up just thought i'd mention it mm. right moto three do you want to move on to that yes i'll sure. be honest I never watched Moto3 because it was one of them funny times and I was sitting down to eat my dinner and I'd, I was tempted to have my phone on but then I thought it doesn't really it doesn't really pay my wife and my two daughters a lot of respect if I'm sitting there watching motorbikes mm. whilst I'm eating my dinner and the plan was, I'll be honest, the plan was I'll just watch it because I can watch it back and then yeah. life got in the way you know, the sofa screamed. Oh, very, very <laughs> I got one of them earlier, so I was just uh, giving one back. Um, I was a bit annoyed because um, obviously we did our predictions of what we, who we thought we were going to win in each race, and I picked Suzaki. He was in first place and binned it. Yeah. <laughs> I decided. Proper gutted. Because I'm pretty sure I sent Sam a message saying, oh, well, there goes my freaking prediction. I can't remember. Well, I'll tell I a lie. I seen, I seen the start of the race. I seen it starting and taking off, and then I seen the last lap and a half. Mm. So I seen the important bits, but I didn't see all the exciting bit in between. So when you said Suzaki came off, I didn't see it. I didn't, didn't know who was doing what. Did you see uh, Josh Watley crashed on the warm up lap? I don't know what Did it is with Brits that can't do warm up laps this weekend. Mm. But he got back on again. Uh, no, retired. Went straight to the pit. Oh, Jesus. He, he got on the bike, but yeah, just drove straight into the pit. And Do you think, does uh, Jack Dixon and Josh Watley have their own little park for me to go and do? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, all joking aside, well, I say all joking aside, I'm going to make a joke. 
they can drown their sorrows together, eh? They can they can sit and <laughs> drink some bourbon and laugh at their sorrows together. Yeah. That you know, when you do something back to doing something stupid at work, when you do something stupid at work, it's not as bad whenever somebody else does something equally as stupid. <laughs> 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 you got somebody else there to help soften the blow. But uh yeah, but it was a bit of a strange that, that happened twice. Like that usually never happens. That happened mm. twice in the weekend. That's yeah. strange. It's very strange. Do you think there's any sort of Texas snipers out there being, oh, we'll take out these Brits? <laughs> <laughs> the British are coming. The the British are coming. Yes. But yeah, That's... it wasn't a very good weekend for the Brits, really. I mean, Scott Ogden finished 14th. Yeah. But uh, the Spanish John McPhee. Yeah. Spanish John McPhee, he got a podium. Juan McPhee. Juan McPhee. <laughs> So yeah. it wasn't very exciting. Ivan Ortola. Is it Ivan or Ethan? I can't remember. Ivan Ortola, he got his first win. And Anna Krasko finished last. <laughs> I'm, my bet is still safe. And saying that, I'm going to be honest, 21st is not that far away. Yeah, I know. However, however, if there was ever a race, like they call it the race of attrition, if there was ever a race where a lot of people was going to fall off, you'd think... After this weekend, you'd think Kota was going to be that race, so yeah, yeah. But Anna, really Anna would probably be one of the ones that fall off as well. No, I'll she doesn't she fall first. off. She, I she think goes, she only came off like once last year because she doesn't push the bike anywhere near hard enough or herself. Never Chippy doing off. his little bit. I'm not. I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that <laughs> she's. <laughs> <laughs> you so mad at me? I'm just saying she doesn't push herself or the bike to the limit. So she's never going to come off. Mm. Maybe once in a blue moon. Well, did say consistency's key. (laughs) 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 I would just, I would, I would do a dance if she got a point. I'd be so happy. I wouldn't. The thing is, whenever I first noticed Anna Carrasco, is it Carrasco or Carrasco? Carrasco. Whenever I first noticed Anna Carrasco, being that I've got two daughters, every time she came on screen, I was like bringing my daughters over and I was like, look, look, there's a girl who is racing in a world championship. You know, it's kind of saying to them, like, this is what you could do. You could do this if you wanted to. Obviously, they don't want to and I can't afford to. (laughs) So they can't, you know what I mean? You know, this is just, I was just highlighting to my girls. I was like, look, it's, it's possible for you to do these things. And that's what it's all about, is it not? It's about going out there and representing. It's not about taking part. It's not the winning, it's taking part that counts. No, it's it's not. It's the winning. (laughs) Who wins? Yeah, but somebody has to come last. Somebody has to be down there. If everybody felt like that, and there was only two bikes went in the grid, it wouldn't be very exciting, would it? Especially if Suzaki and Anchu's going to throw up the road week in, week out. (laughs) Just go out and crash, and that'd be it. <clears throat> right, so that's the end of Moto G or Moto Three. Let's go say Moto GP. The end of Moto Three. So, will we go on to the World Superbikes? Yes, yeah, I am really looking good. forward to Assen. It's a brilliant track, and obviously great, great it's track, be great to watch the World Supers. I, I don't know why I'm really feeling the World Supers a bit more than Moto GP this year. Mm. Nah, Bart is just going to run away with it. 
I don't know, Arson as uh, Johnny Ray track. Johnny Ray's won round there 16, possibly 17 times if you count the sprint races. I think he holds a record for the most wins in any track and I think this is the one. This is Johnny Ray as Alex Renz and Arson. Johnny Ray, Johnny Ray as Alex Renz and Mark Marquez combined. Mark Renz. Alex Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> and I... Yeah. And he, he, he won round Arson and the Honda as well. He must have to have won it 16 times. And that's no, no mean feat to win a race in the Honda. So this is his track. So if there's a track where he can pull it off, regardless of whether his bike's fast enough or not, this is the track where he can do it. This is the track where he can bring it. I watched back last year's. Did you watch last year's? Did you watch any highlights from last year or? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch any highlights from last year. Um... So Ray won race one, and he won the sprint race. So he and let's be honest, Batista ran away with it last year, didn't he? But Ray Ray won race one, and he won the sprint race, and he would have challenged for race two, but him and Talkback took each other out on lap on lap six of race two actually going back to last year it looked like top rack and ray both because it wasn't until like towards the end of race one that batista managed to get past top rack like don't get me wrong by no stretch of the imagination did ray run away with it last year he was battling the whole time but this is his track this is a Johnny Ray track. Well, let's hope so. Johnny Ray as where's he at in the championship? He's like sixth in the champ. He's sixth in the championship. He's only got 40, 43 points. To Batista's one hundred and twelve. Jesus. <laughs> this is this is the world superbikes. Batista's got one hundred and twelve points. Next is Razgati Oglu, with seventy five points. Andrea Locatelli, who's hot on his heels with 70 points. Then you get Axel Bassani. You don't expect that. He's in fourth with 51 points. Michael Ruben Rinaldi with 47 points. And then Johnny Ray with 44. So I really hope... 6-1 um, to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, that's uh, 11 shots in a row now that he's not safe. I am... Um... So, yeah, sixth in the championship. So this needs to be his track. Yeah, well, I, but, I'm sure he's going to do really well. And obviously, we we all here want him to win. Um, but but we'll see, we'll see. But I'm really excited for the World Super. I really hope that fucking Tom Sykes's bike is working, Pichetti, because oh, Kawasaki is probably is. I really hope uh, he doesn't retire like he did last time, kept retiring. What I was thinking about the World Superbikes is, and I know this might be clutching at straws, but given that Top Rack has recently had a ride on the MotoGP and felt the power of a MotoGP and realised how fast that can go and then maybe went on to the World Superbikes and thought this is actually a little bit productive. You know, it's more a bit of a production bike compared to the MotoGP. Do you think will that give him any confidence? Do you think will he sit on that bike now and be like, I can go faster than this, and then be able to push the Yamaha even faster? Do you think will he 
will he have taken anything from that test? Or will it, it might have put the wind beneath his sails or behind his sails and he might step onto that bike and go, I am going to show the Yamaha bosses that I deserve a ride in that MotoGP bike. Or it could go badly for him. Right, he'll, now, he'll, now, it. he'll now push it too hard and bin it. And bin it. Um, it could go anywhere, really, but I'd like to see him do well regardless because I like Tom Rack. Um, yeah. Like, this is kind of combining the World Superbikes to the MotoGPs. Have you noticed now that MotoGP, every time it comes to the end of race, they're all trying to pull the endos? I think Dorn has had. I think Dorn has had a word with them. They said, "Look, we need to be more exciting. Top rack. Don't be top rack, but be like top rack. But don't be top rack, but be like top rack. You know, that sort of <laughs> do something like that." Now they're all trying yeah. To I've noticed that they've all started doing, haven't they? Especially the um, the VR forty six team. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can do it like top rack. No, well, he's like, like an he like ex stunt rider or something. His dad's a stunt rider, I, but. Valentino Rossi could do wheelies like nobody's business. He could do like he could stand up on the bike, do a wheelie, take one leg off, take a hand off, and still be like doing wheelies. It was amazing. And nobody can do what Top Rack can do. He can't do nobody can do them endos the way he can. He can get some mm. he gets some serious airtime, man. <laughs> nobody sounds like that. <laughs> Amer- any American listening, please don't take offence. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> yes. I'm really hoping uh, Laquona does well as uh, too. I en- I've enjoyed watching him so far. I was listening to the highlights today, and somebody kept calling him Lickiona. And I was like, "Why are you calling him yeah. Lickiona?" No, yeah, it's Laquona, like, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know the way it's Laquona. Somebody was really, really emphasising the sort of k sound in the Laquona, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Just call him Lacona. Well, it's That's like in um, it's like in MotoGP with uh, Jorge Martin. Some people call him Jorge, and it's like some I'm, people, pre- I'm pretty some sure people, it's Jorge. Some people call Bizzeki Bizzeki or <laughs> But the thing is, we don't know these people. We don't know what their actual name is. You know what I mean? It's got a, yeah, but Jorge is a very it's a very like uh, popular sort of Spanish name, isn't it? It means John. Um, so obviously when they say Jorge it makes makes me cringe because I'm like I'm sure it's Jorge anyway we know what I'm like with words and people and But just going back to World Superbikes, I'm looking forward to seeing Brad Ray because it's his first uh, first first race. race Yeah, it will be. He's only doing the European rounds, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, it'd be nice to see him. See how he gets on. So I was listening to an interview with him, uh, and we all know where I was listening to. We was listening to an interview with him, and he was saying that actually him and the team wanted to do the whole championship, but it was oh, actually really? Dorna. It was actually Dorna wouldn't let them do it because they don't think they've got enough space in the championship or something. All oh, right. But the team, the team's financially, financially, the team's ready for it. I like oh, how Ash is all like. I like how Ash is all like. Oh, is that right? Even though I listen to it on his favorite podcast. <laughs> all right <laughs> anyway there you go so uh yes. and uh something else as well apparently today loris baz has confirmed he's going to be at assen so surgery and rehab and that is all finished and he's going to be back i thought he'd be out for a lot longer than that after that was it a leg break or ankle break or something he got oh yeah and, that's uh, right it's when they went over his foot wasn't it was it alex lowe's went over his foot 
Alex losing over his foot and then Sam losing over the other one later on. <laughs> don't know what happened, Dash. <laughs> he'll be commentating. Yeah, he'll be commentating after he's finished. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But I haven't heard anything about um, that. Taron McKenzie's Honda being homologated yet. Homolog- I hate that been- word. Yeah, me too. I've just been looking on uh, Twitter, but I can't see anything to see whether it has or it hasn't. Hopefully it has, or hopefully it will this week. And then they can be competitive, or a bit more competitive. I guess somebody's going to go with Johnny Ray to win it. I would be surprised if Johnny Ray doesn't win at least one of the races, Sprint included. Going by how well he goes around. Uh, Arsene, I'd be surprised if he doesn't win. Ultimately, I also would be surprised if uh, Bautista doesn't win at yes. least one of the races. Yeah. I think Arsenal will be pretty tight because I think ultimately the Batista on the Ducati is phenomenal and almost unstoppable. But again, top rack walking in there with something to prove. Maybe his time on his very short time, but almost, anyway, his time on the MotoGP bike might have given him something, even if it's yeah. just in his head, confidence. And like I said, Johnny Ray goes well. So let's see I think it'll be tight I think it'll be good racing I'm looking forward to it I'm reluctant to make a to make a foregone conclusion of a of a, who I think is going to win but I, I you know what I'm going to say one two three I'm going to say Johnny Rail one one Bautista's going to win one Top Right's going to win one there you go that's my prediction Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Johnny Ray all weekend. Boom. Ronaldo, uh, not so. Ronaldo. Bautista all weekend. Win He'll win all three. three. Yeah, Ducati. <laughs> so boring, aren't they, Ducati? So that's the only thing. British Superbikes is wide open. MotoGP is probably quite open, but World Supers is just... It's going to be Bautista. I was watching a bit of a documentary that they put on the MotoGP pass. It's on all the time, but it's about Ducati because they won the championship last year. And it's going through since 2007, all of what they've went through to win the championship. And I keep looking at the likes of uh, Jorge Lorenzo when he was on the Ducati bike. And they got, like, he had one full season, and then the second season they got rid of him, and then they started winning races. And yeah. they said to they said to Jorge Lorenzo, "Do you think you could have won a championship on that bike?" And he was like, "Yeah, could, no hands down, could have won a championship." And then they say to the Ducati bosses, "Do you think Jorge Lorenzo could have won a championship on that bike?" And they're all very solemn about it. They're like, "Yeah, perhaps we were a little bit too hasty with Jorge Lorenzo." And it takes me back to even before Jorge Lorenzo, when you had was it Ianone or was he on the But anyway, going back to that time, I think. Ducati has had a championship winning bike since as far back as then, even before Jorge Lorenzo. Mm. Was, I think it was Ianone, like the maniac that was on it. I think Ianone was on it. I think even then, Ducati had a championship winning bike. They just didn't have the right rider. Mm. So, like, we talk about all oh, Ducati dominances now. Well, the Ducati dominance could have been years ago because even whenever Batista first went anti world superbikes, he should have won that championship. And then his head went and kept crashing. So, yeah, and back to that point that Ducati's waited a long time for their time in the sunshine. So you can't just say yeah. it's boring, but because <laughs> they do deserve it. 
before we go on to, are we done? We World Superbikes. Yeah, I think so. Before we go on to uh, your review, Ash, just quickly, I'm not going to go into detail about it, I'm just going to ask the question. Did anybody watch any of the 24-hour endurance race that was there? No, I didn't. I, I wanted to watch it, but I never did. I ultimately didn't really pay much attention to it, really, but I, I kept an eye on it. Just because there was riders in there that you recognise, like Gino Rio was there, Chris Walker was there. He's fifty-one. Like you talk about, uh, talk about other riders that are that age. But yeah, wondering if was Gino Rio riding. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, was he? I've got some of the oh, results man. up, but it doesn't really give you much info. It doesn't give you. It just tells you the the bike and the team. It doesn't tell you who. I'm sure there's probably better websites to get it off. Anyway. No, I didn't watch any of it. So. The thing is, the weekend of the MotoGP being on and sitting down and watching 24 hours of racing. <laughs> I think if, yeah. if it had been on on its own, if the MotoGP hadn't have been on, I probably could have paid more attention to it. But like, you're not going like, to... Somebody maybe just going to sit there and watch for 24 hours, but I'm not going <laughs> to sit there and watch 24 hours. And then you turn it on for an hour, and I do sit there. I do actually just sit there on the background and watch bikes going round. But I have no clue who's leading. <laughs> I don't know who's doing what or what's going on. Bikes just, are going round. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those situations where it's just situation, situation. It's just one of them where it's just watching bikes go round. It's good. I like it. Right. Imagine a jingle. The lights go down. Do, 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 do. This is your big moment, Ash. Oh, right. Is, is, it your, my, is it my turn? Is your, is it? I'm going, I am going to put shitloads on the dock. And then he puts one thing in the dock. But this one thing could be amazing. Oh, I put other stuff in the dock. I told you Marquez wasn't turning up at Kota, <laughs> even though we already knew that. Chip had even put in the grip. Even putting the grip chat is like, you don't you put last week's news on the news. I've tried to be proactive. <laughs> and as usual, I just fuck things up. So... <sighs> What do you want me to do? Anyway, give us your uh, review on... What is it again? It's the Honda CRF300L. Mm. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Chatpat, have you not thought of questions to ask him? Like little questions to try and trap them up? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm going to mute no, my microphone and go to sleep. Just wake me up when it's all done. <laughs> Actually, I might play with my dog instead. Do you want me to begin or what? No, we just want you to forget about it. Okay. Of course we want you to begin. Well, I don't know. I didn't... <laughs> Obviously Chippy's having his little bitch bit. Um, oh, so... no, Chippy. Chippy doesn't like that sort of stuff. Let him do it every <laughs> no, he hates it. Uh, so today I'm going to be talking about the Honda CRF 300L, which I previously owned before I bought my Honda Blackbird. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch our first podcast... Um, I originally bought the CRF as I had planned to do some of the Trans-European Trail uh, with my with my old man and uh, a good mate of ours. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the Trans-European Trail is, it's a network of green lanes which are all legal to ride across uh, all of Europe, but it was never meant to be for me because things in life wasn't, happen. Uh, wasn't... Uh... 
wasn't Andre Andy Hetherington by any chance, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Andy Hetherington. No, it was actually a pal of my dad's who used to race on the MZ two fifties and on the Ninja three hundreds back in uh, Bemsey. Uh, so basically, my dad he got himself a, a CRF two fifty L rally, and uh, Andy actually got himself uh, a BMW GS three ten and put the rally raid pack on it. So they're actually planning on going away this year. I think they're going to Spain. Um, which I thought was quite like considering they've never done it before to kind of just go straight all in and go to Spain. I thought that was quite ballsy of them, but hopefully they do well. And I'm gutted I'm not going with them, but uh, unfortunately I had to sell it. Um, but when I was in the market for buying a dual sport bike, uh, such as a CRF, the, there's quite a few options I considered because um, some people call them a dirt bike and. Uh, uh, a good mate of mine, Debs McKee, we were having an argument today. He's calling it a dirt bike with a light on it. And I'm like, no, it's a dual sport. And he said, ah, oh, they just call it a dual sport because they're, they're trying to get a new marketing niche. So we had a bit of a laugh about that today. But I consider it a dual sport because it can go on and off road uh, legally, basically. Should we should we edit out that guy's name or are you happy just to... No, I did, I, did say, I did say I'd give him a mention on the pod. So, um, because- All right, Debsy. Say again. Is it Debsy? Debs McKee. Oh, Debs McKee. Sounds like something like Phoenix Knight. He's a good lad, is Debs. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Right, me and my mic again. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, when I was obviously looking at the CRF, there was other rivals to consider. There was the uh, Kawasaki KLX 300, but they aren't available in the UK, so it was going to be a bit of a it was going to be a bit of a difficult time to try and even test ride one of them or even think about getting one shipped over. Uh, there's also the BMW GS310, which I spoke about earlier with the Rally Raid pack on. That's what uh, Andy went for. Um, basically just takes your GS310 and makes it off-roady. Um, and lastly, the, uh, the the other thing, uh, the other bike I was thinking about was the KTM 250 Adventure. Um, my opinion, KTM is king of the dirt when it comes to off-road. Um, but obviously the CRF 300L was the more promising bike that I was looking at. I eventually settled on the CRF 300L. Uh, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with a Honda. I've said this quite a few times on the pod in the past. Uh, the, the engines are bulletproof when it comes to reliability. Also, the service intervals are a lot farther, further apart on the CRF compared to its other rivals. It also comes in the um, the CRF 300L Rally, um, which is actually a bit taller than the, the one that I got. It's got like a bigger fuel tank, uh, a flared front fairings and a screen on it. So it is actually a lot better for when you're on the road as well as off-road, because you've got a bit more wind protection. Uh, your your uh, 125, Sam, has that got any sort of screen on it, or is it just a naked? No, it's naked. No, oh, <clears throat> Sorry, it's on mute. Yeah, it's naked. There's no screen on it, no. All oh, right, okay. When you um, when you eventually get on a bike with a screen on it, you'll, lo- you'll notice the difference um, when you're riding, because you've got a lot more protection from the wind. Yeah, I would like a screen. I would like them things that go around your hands as well. You know, them like hand cover. I'm saying that the the Oxford gloves I bought recently are very good. So, 
Oh, they're just random gloves. No. Um, yeah, handguards are really good. They protect you from the wind. And also, um, they obviously, when you're going off-road, if you were to smash into a tree or something with your handlebar, it's going to protect your knuckles. Um, so in oh. the end, instead of going for the rally, uh, I was happy to go for the 300L. Its off-road capability is fantastic on green lanes. Uh, and I also did some uh, really challenging off-road trails as well in the short time that I had it. I managed to get on it quite a bit. Uh, get out on it being a 300 cc was stupidly good on fuel and um, handles really really well on the roads even with knobbly tires i would get sometimes i'd be looking down at it because it has a really good uh, uh speedometer on there and i've been looking at getting about 85 to 95 mile per gallon out of it which is actually brilliant obviously when it comes to being economical um i found that being able to ride along roads and seeing a trail and I was able to legally ride on and go and explore. Uh, it was fantastic. The Honda performed in every way and uh, extremely comfortable, surprising for a bike like that. The only drawbacks I would say there is uh, with the bike, uh, the tank capacity is very small, even with the good fuel uh, economy. It's actually only a seven and a half litre tank. So you don't, uh, you, you, you're not frequently filling up, but obviously, a little bit more than you would do say on the rally which has the bigger tank um a service um, the aftermarket bike company they now make a, a 14 liter aftermarket tank which you can fit on there but uh, everybody's finding it so hard to get hold of them because they're, so, they're sold out already uh other drawbacks to the bike the dreaded brake line which if anyone's looking at buying one um it basically comes up from the front forks and it sits in a really awkward position. Uh, it's literally right in front of the speedometer. So when you're riding along, you're looking down at your speed and you've got this big daft wobbly bloody brake line just blocking all of the information on your speedo. Um, but there is a seller on eBay. If you put in a brake line clip, uh, there's a guy that's actually made a special clip on a, he 3D prints them. Uh, they're only about, I think they're about eight quid. And you literally put the clip onto the brake line and onto the frame, and it solves the problem. It just moves it straight. Do you not just cable tie it? You can cable tie it, but the only problem with that I'd is use it. I'd use a cable. I cable tie everything, mate. The problem with a cable tie is if you if you cable tie that too tight, you're going to restrict the brake fluid going through that line. So if yeah, you cable tie if you tie. then because you, you could then put on your front brake and have nothing. Um, you could a lot of people have done that uh they have cable tied it to the handlebars but for eight quid to have that clip and to not have to worry about that i think it's a pretty easy fix uh i don't want to do i interrupt you too much but are you going to give us a are you going to give us a price for these or maybe you don't want to like let us know how much you paid or if you're going to if you're going to come to that that's if you're going to come to that that's fine just a question i got price so i could talk about price now uh when i bought mine i bought it brand new and it was five and a half thousand pounds so five thousand five hundred pound um and that was on road price uh which i think is actually really reasonable for a brand new bike especially with its inability um it's um a predecessor the uh, crf 250l you can pick them up for they, they really hold the money um you can pick them up for about three and a half to four thousand pounds um but they just haven't got the same sort of power as the 300l 
That's why I can't, I went for that one. Because like I say, my dad, he owns the CRF250L Rally. Um, and he just said it. He just wished he had that little bit more power. And that's why I went for the 300. Uh, they have brought a new one out this year, which is the CRF300 on a Bencher. The only difference with it is really is it's got some handguards on it and it's a different colour. They haven't really sort of changed anything up with it. Um, but still, uh, great bike. The... So, so let me ask a question. Let's say, let's say for example, you've got, you've got a few thousand pounds in your account. You want to buy a motorbike. You want something that can go off road and have fun on it. You want to be able to have that bit of fun, but you can't afford to buy two bikes. So you need a bit of a commuter as well. Is it worth, is it worth having the bike? That, like, is it decent as a commuter? You've maybe already said that. You've maybe yeah, already, I mean, um, I uh, if if you're just doing sort of local commuting, I would say yeah, definitely. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm, not, really, I'm not talking about going like 150 miles up the road, but yeah, no, yeah, just yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so comfortable, and it's an obviously sitting upright bike, so you're comfortable on the bike. Um, I actually did a really good road test on it. So I met up with my dad and a load of his mates um, in Creef in Scotland. And we did the some of the clove, what's called the Cloverleaf Trail. And they were all on the, you know, the big GS1200s and uh, Trank Tigers. And I was there with my little 300. And uh, I kept up with <laughs> kept up with all of them and, and managed to, uh, to do it with good fuel economy. And I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I must have done about that weekend. I must have done about three hundred and fifty miles on that bike altogether, because I had to travel from up in the Highlands anyway, um, and it didn't skip a beat, and it was really comfortable. I would definitely say it's a really good commuting bike, as well as being an off-road. So if you're looking for something where you uh, dual sport, where you just want something to bomb backwards and forwards to work on, and then on a the weekend sort of just bimble down, bimble down the road, and you see a trail. Um, which obviously you have permission to ride on and just you can just go off you can go off adventuring and then when you finished adventuring you can just head back onto the road yeah it's maybe uh it's maybe naive in my part or it's maybe a little bit elitist i know i'm not elitist but you know maybe the way i'm thinking about it but to me just personally my opinion but to me a bike like that just screams second bike you know that's the way that's the way it looks like that's that's, that's it's kind of the impression I get from it. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely have it as your second bike. I think if you're, I think if you're a young lad who's got a bit of money in his pocket and you want, you need to compromise. Yeah, it might be decent to have it, but I think for somebody that's established and has got himself a decent bit of coin in his pocket and you know can afford it, I think it's a bit of a fun second bike to have. Would you agree? Definitely, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the main reason I went for it is because I was, like I say, I was planning on doing some of the Trans-European Trail. Uh, so it was like, uh, basically, it's considered pretty much like a unicorn, like a really rare new dual sport, which is perfect for doing that sort of green laning and being able to go on and off road. So that's the main reason why I bought it. Uh, definitely great as a second bike. Absolutely. If you're wanting to do your on and off roading. Uh, alongside a, just a thoroughbred road bike or sport bike. Um, one of the other drawbacks I'm going to mention on the uh, CRF is the uh, the subframe. So on the previous CRF, the 250L, the subframe was actually split up into two parts and you could remove it fairly easily. 
And um, the main reason for that is if you bent it or anything when you're off road and you needed to take it off and put a new one on, you could do that. Um, but for some reason, Honda decided that on the 300L, they would have it all as one piece. So it's a fully welded subframe, um, which is, uh, even though they're not, it's very rare for the subframe to snap. You'd have to really, really like smash it quite badly or drop it off a cliff or something to snap the subframe. But if you were to actually crack it or snap it, you would have to buy an entire new frame or um, even get like a really, really good weld job done on it. Um, so that is a bit of a drawback on the bike. Um, I don't know why they didn't just keep it like the 250L was. Like I say, so much easier. You could just remove it and put a new one on. But um, even with the drawbacks that I've mentioned, though, it uh, it really is a fantastic dual sport bike. Um, it wouldn't disappoint anyone. Uh, I was go as, I would go as far to say as it's maybe the best all-rounder dual sport bike ever made, but that's me probably being a bit biased because I used to own one and I do miss it. <laughs> I I figured it would be hard to it'd be hard to say too much harsh about it when you'd already owned one. You because you want it to be really good. Like you you invested the money in it. I think it, I think do I'm not to say your review's not good. I'm thinking that because as but I'm thinking like. If you became an actual reviewer of a bike and you were riding bike and bike out week and week out and you weren't paying for the bikes, like if you were jumping from one bike to the next, you'd be a lot more likely to be like, "That's not very good. <laughs> I don't like that bike at all." But we get what you're saying. But I mean, it's like when you invest when you invest five thousand pound in something, you really want it to be good. <laughs> like even when it's not, you'd be like, "No, it's, it's good. That's good. It's, it's, it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to do that. <laughs> Just cable tie it." <laughs> I mean, I had to, the one thing I will say about this bike is I had to pre-order mine and I had to wait six months just to get it because Honda can't make the bikes fast enough to get into the showrooms. That's how popular this bike is, even now. You, like, you go on you go on the internet to try and buy one. And when they first, in fact, when they first came out, people were buying them, using them for a couple of months, and they were selling them for, they were selling them for more than the asking yeah. price in the showroom because people wanted them. They were buying them for five and a half grand. They were selling them for six and a um, half grand. Having their fun with it and then selling yeah. them all. And then just making a profit. That's how popular they are. Mm. Um, and with that as well, thinking if if they're that selling like hotcakes, they're a good bike. Um, do you know of anywhere? Do you know of anywhere or any opportunity to race them? See, you wouldn't really. See with the CRF because it's a because it's a dual sport because you've got the indicators on there and the light and stuff you wouldn't really race them you would you would probably go for because and it's a four stroke as well uh, rather than a two stroke engine uh, you would probably go for a two stroke two fifty yeah but I, I don't mean like I don't mean like race them against other bikes I mean like is there is there any way for like people on Honda CRF three hundred Ls who just get together and race them like is that yeah, I mean, obviously, almost, you've got your, you've got. Ultimately, you can, if you if you troll through YouTube, you can watch people racing little swingo road sweeps. Like people will race everything. I'm just one, just wondering, is there like a group on Facebook, or was there anything, or did you maybe stumble across anything where people were trying to, like, get them involved in any sort of competitive racing? Like, I mean, the answer is probably no. I'm just wondering. I didn't see any of the. I didn't see anything for them being raced, but. Um, Obviously, I did. I was part of like I think three or four different 
Sierra 300 and 250L groups. Um, and obviously there would most of the time there would just be meeting up with each other yeah. um, to, to ride on and off road. Reason, you wouldn't buy them to race. No, I, I I wouldn't personally race. I mean, I uh, I I went to a couple of clubs and and went round uh, some dirt tracks on it, and it was brilliant. I had a, loads of fun with it. Um, so it is very capable of that as well. But I, you wouldn't really you wouldn't really use it for racing, I don't think. Um, but yeah, so that's my review on the three hundred L. If anybody does have any questions, you can um, obviously send us an email in uh, to podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk um, you can also send us a message on Facebook Twitter and all that, and all that good stuff so if you do have any questions that's your attempt at the socials yeah so yeah we'll yeah we'll edit that we'll let about we'll not edit it out we'll keep it in there and make it look silly yeah so that was Ash's oh, review it's over now Personally, I know Chap, Chap Pat's going to throw on his, his two cent mega cent sound shake. I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. I thought it was very informative. Last. I thought he did a good job. Uh, do a couple more. He's got more bikes to review. He's read more bikes than us. Maybe I'll review my, my Yamaha 125. <laughs> it's not very good because I don't know how to ride it. I don't know what I do. I don't know how to do a review. It's got two wheels and it goes, goes fast and I can't ride it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for that, Ash. Enjoyed that. How are you, Chippy? Are you okay over there? Um, if I'm ever struggling to sleep, I'll just listen to that. But no, I'm all good. <laughs> You're such a douche. I've, right, I've been so... playing with my dog, to be fair. Is that a euphemism? Right, so, usually going to questions. Don't have any questions this week, however. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Harvey asked us a question. Harvey, who's been getting in contact with us a few times, he asked us a question. <laughs> about a new class in British Supersport. Have you read this, Jimmy? Well, I've read it. It's it's uh, it's, it's British Supersport Cup, which so apparently he's, he's, went to eight he's, rounds his question, instead of his question, was, his question was a few weeks ago, thoughts on the new Supersport Club, or thoughts on the new Supersport Cup class where riders have to miss three rounds of their own choice? Uh Back then I thought it must be where let's say 20 riders all get together and then I don't know if it's the start of the season where they have to nominate at the start of the season or if it's throughout the season where they just say funds are tight this week, this is the week we're not going to turn up. It's probably at the start of the season. But yeah, they all pick three races they ultimately don't want to race in and the other races they do and then they accumulate the points and then the idea would be that... Uh, the idea would be you'd pick your eight strongest and you'd maybe tactically try and pick a race where another rider's not going to be there knowing that he's your rival. So And then and then it, it, it keeps some cost down on the, on, on the running, uh, the productions of the bikes. So Harvey was just asking us a couple of weeks ago as to what we thought of it, what we thought of the idea. Do we think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Do you think it's a... Do you think it's the future of motorbike racing? Do you think it's the future of racing in general? Or is it just a flash in the pan idea that's going to disappear? I'm not sure. Because I'm, re I'm reading about it now. The 2023 British Supersport Championship will once again include the 2023 British Supersport Cup, 
which enables teams with less budget to score in eight events. This will provide a logical transition for Ducati Cup teams based upon their established calendar of eight events. I still don't really understand it. I think I think the idea is that you go into the start of the season, there's 11 rounds, but on them 11 rounds, you can only race eight. Mm. Meaning that there's three rounds you don't have to turn up to. There's three rounds yeah. you don't have to pay tyres for. There's three rounds you don't have to pay fuel for. There's three rounds of potential crashes that you don't have to worry about. But the yeah. eight you're going to pick is the eight that you want to pick eight tracks that you think you're going to do well at. And then, mm. like, let's say Tommy is racing Billy <laughs> and they're fighting for the championship. And race three, Tommy doesn't turn up. It's Billy's opportunity to get some points and put pressure on Tommy. But then if yeah. Billy comes off and then the next race four, Tommy's racing, but Billy's not. Tommy's like, well, I can capitalise on Billy's mistake so I can get some points. Mm. I don't know. It's I strange. Think, and I, s- I, I would, suppose it uh, helps... Sorry. It would be a little bit upsetting, or not upsetting, but it would be a little bit of a missed opportunity if, let's say, for example, it was getting to the tasty part of the season, the last couple of races, and there were two riders who were in the same points, and you want to see them racing it out, and maybe one of them's not there. Mm. And you think, well... But on the, the second hand, it, it, it rolls that excitement over to the next week and the following week. Yeah. To be honest, Harvey, the answer to your question is we're not really sure. I guess we're just <laughs> going to watch it like you are and try and enjoy the racing. I uh, I like how British Superbikes, this is a tangent to your question, I'm going to answer your question with, with a completely different answer, but I like how British Superbikes, how the whole product and the, the championship as a whole tries to innovate the sport in a way. I'm not saying other championships probably haven't done this, but just the way they bring in like the... The, the showdown and the way they try and change it to make it more exciting and they bring in these other opportunities for championships but whenever he said about whenever you read about the transition from the Ducati Cup which is eight rounds is that now the BMW Cup or that was a BMW Cup yeah so the BMW yeah. Cup I think has replaced the Ducati trial right so cup. the BMW Cup does eight rounds so it's a similar sort uh, of yes. so financially it's the same sort of burden as it would be to yeah. do the BMW Cup. Is it going to be more rookies, or is it going to be, or say rookies, inverted commas, or is it going to be like established racers that's taking part in it? Because it's not going to be super sport, obviously. Super sport is super sport, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Chappy, to be honest, Chappy, I'm a bit you're distracted. The super bi- because you're, the, you're the British superbike guy. You're the guy that knows about British superbike. Whenever I ask I am, you a question about British Superbike, I expect the answer. You say Ash as a professional. Why have you not done your homework? I'm really not professional right now, Sam. I'm really not professional right now. Being professional. This is what has distracted me. Have you seen the chat? For fuck's sake. No. He hasn't been recording. Oh, my God. I'm sure I pressed record <laughs> and it's blank. I've, but I have recorded Sorry, I... on OBS. I'm recording OBS as well. Oh, thanks fuck for that. This is why we record an OBS as well. Yes, this is why we right. do record an OBS. I do apologise. You need a massive forfeit for this, because this could have potentially this could have potentially been an absolute disaster. 
And it's going to be an absolute bollocks to edit too. However, I think this week we've done all right. I don't, there's not been a lot of swearing. We've not gone on too many tangents. So, but, but Jesus. No, I've not read the chat. You were, you must have been bricking yourself, Ash. Absolutely. <laughs> but here it goes again. Sam, the ultimate professional who's been recording an OBS this whole time. Honestly, I just, I was, I was I'll obviously, say that. I clicked on Audacity and I looked at it and I just went, nah. No, I haven't. No, no, don't do this to me. <laughs> I do apologise, Sam. I really do. Maybe it's because you don't got a Windows laptop. What? Don't worry about it. I'm sure shit like that happens. Maybe it's because I got what? A Windows laptop. You got shit laptop. <laughs> At least I know how to use it. Well, tip clearly not with Audacity. But... Right, well, there's no point saying that. I don't know how to use a fucking remote control, basically. I'm shit with technology. Well, I do apologise. I still know how, I know how to record. Luckily, it's recording on OBS and you've got it on there, so... Yes, we need to get your forfeit, though. Yeah, you need a forfeit. Listener, anybody listening on here, please, please get in contact. Send us an email and tell us what Ash should do for a forfeit. It doesn't have to be anything silly, like, you know, but give us some but sort also, of ideas. Also Go remember ahead. that Sam also needs a forfeit because he dropped the C-bomb the other week. But then Ash dropped it last week, yeah. So Ash needs... Ash, yeah. was the, Ash was the first person, if not maybe the only person to swear in this episode. Have you heard me swear in this episode? No, I've been very professional, very good. So don't bring that up onto you. Oh, Sam said a naughty word, therefore he needs a fall. <laughs> Ash just didn't record. <laughs> and a this swore. Is, this, is, this is definitely forfeit material. Please, listeners... Anybody, if you're still listening, anybody that's still listening at this point, thanks very much. Anybody that's listening to it, please, please send us an email and tell us what you think Ash's forfeit should be. Because he has to do a forfeit for this. He's an idiot. <laughs> Who just put a duck on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Anyway. Um, have we got anything else to talk I'm about? Excited. I don't, I don't think, think we really do. do. I, I think, think we've kind of wrapped, wrapped up, up for today. today. I think that's pretty much us. Uh, Ash, do you want to give the socials a crack? Probably this time. Uh, I'll try, but I obviously screwed it up massively before. Um, let's let's well, give it a right. go. I'll tell you what, go silent, try it, and if you fuck it up, I'll do it. <clears throat> So, if uh, any of you want to get in contact with either myself, Sam, or Chippy, you can email us at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. Uh, we are on YouTube as well, so please hit the like and subscribe buttons and you don't miss any episodes. Uh, that's just type in the Big Bad Bike Show. Uh, we're also on Twitter, um, if, you can, if you can find it. It's all one word, uh, the Big Bad BS. Uh, uh, we're also on Instagram again, the Big Bad Bike Show, and also on Facebook, the Big Bad Bike Show. So if you do want to get in contact with us, please uh, do hit hit us up on any of them. Instagram, Instagram is the Big Bad Bike Show with hyphens in between it, but Ash doesn't know what a hyphen is, so he doesn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> also our own. Uh, our own, uh, is it the Instagrams? Uh, it is Instagram, isn't it? I've, no, mine's I've, Twitter. Uh, so there's at Even Sober. Says there, it says Sam's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm on the wrong one. 
<laughs> so Sam's Twitter at Sober Casano. Um, like I usually say, good luck finding that. Um, my Instagram is the Up North Biker. But none of these bakes, he bakes, it's all his dog. Yeah, just my dog. <laughs> and Chippy's Twitter is uh, C underscore Ballard 90, which is the worst name I've ever seen. You love these little side effects, Chippy. Chippy has played you know side this, this, this week, I'm just a write-off this week, I've just, just screwed everything up. I can't get the Lowe's brothers oh, right. Mate. I didn't record. I can't get the freaking thingies right. <laughs> Mistakes aside, you're not the only one that's made selling mistakes this week, guys, so don't worry about it. I'm sure there's other people draining the sorrows. I know, I've just had an absolute mare this week, sorry. (laughs) It's fine, don't worry about it. At the end of the day, we're still recording. So hopefully, it says fingers crossed, hopefully we can get the audio. Uh, uh, If we can't get the audio, ultimately you're not here anyway, but if you have heard it, if we have been lucky enough to salvage some audio and get it out there... uh, Thanks very much for listening. I've personally enjoyed the show tonight. I thought it went really well. I think that's probably helped from me not swearing all the time and actually putting a show <laughs> out there that we feel people can listen to. A bit more professional. We'll keep that up. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, like Ash said during the socials, please get in contact with us. Like It would, do, it's a, it gives me a massive buzz whenever I see an email come in. Oh, I got a fax. I got a fax. I got a fax. <laughs> yeah, so, so get in touch. Let us know. Let us know what you think of the show. Ask us a question, it's fine. Uh, my earphones are about to die, so I guess we're going to have to go. So, yeah, thanks very much for listening, and I've been your host, Sam McCauley, and nothing else to do but just say goodbye. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.